Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please stop talking. I'm trying to record a podcast. That's a joke. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I saw a Tumblr post that was, this has nothing to do with anything, but it said, uh, some dudes with long hair are just dudes with short hair with long hair. What? <laughs> so some dudes, basically what it means is that some dudes who have long hair should not. Oh. Because they're really just, they're dudes with short hair who have long hair. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Lovely. I see what you mean. Yes. That you know, my brain a little. I know. <laughs> it's like if you saw like a super nerdy dude on a motorcycle, you're just like, you're not a motorcycle dude. You're just a dude on a motorcycle. Right. That's it's not the same. Yeah. Not your personality. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, somebody, some dude messaged me and was like, what does this mean? And I was like, long hair is a personality. Yes. I just thought of that because I was like, we're inside outside. Oh. So we're yeah. <laughs> technically inside, but. I thought what you meant was that like here. some dudes who have long hair but are short if yeah. their hair was on a taller person it wouldn't be as long <laughs> i mean that is also which is true. true but i was like yeah <laughs> okay i think about that sometimes when i'm like my hair won't grow and i see small children with very long hair i'm just like oh. like well it only took them two days because right they're, they're so small <laughs> from their ears to their shoulders is a very short distance yes <laughs> yeah i know when people are like I don't know, they show me inspiration photos, and they're like, I want my hair to be, like, hit me in this spot, like, in this photo. And I'm like, okay, that's gonna look shorter on you than on this person, because right. they have an unreasonably long neck. Right, I know. <laughs> or, you gotta... like, their proportions are just different. Yeah, they're models, so their neck is a foot long. Yeah, like, some people can have, like, hair to their collarbone, yeah. and it still look really long. Right. Or some people, collarbone length looks short. Yep. Just because we're all made different, which is tight. It is tight. That's also annoying when you're trying to buy pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she could just make pants. Yeah, that'd be fun. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes? I don't know. Oh, wait, let me get ready. You ready? Oh, yeah. I have to have glasses on so I can speak properly. Can you see better? I can, can see hear what better. you're saying now. <laughs> Do I make more sense? Do I sound smarter? <laughs> yeah, immediately. <laughs> but like in a Miss Frizzle kind of way, because your glasses are like kind of kooky. Oh my god, I got I did one of those Instagram filter things that's like, what this character are you? And yeah. it like cycles through and tells you which one you are. Mm -hmm. It was like, what queer coded cartoon character are you? And I got Miss Frizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's perfect. Which is great. Too bad they didn't do a Magic School Bus movie. That we could cover. Oh, yeah. Did they never do, like, a full-length anything? I don't know. Hmm. Did they? Maybe they did. 
I don't know. We'll have to look into it. That'll be fun. I love her. Love yeah, the, the show is fun. Show. I just don't know how long you can do that for. Like an hour and a half of shrimp being shrunk down and yeah, being inside a child's circulatory system. I mean, there's so system. much going on in your bod, though. So many it's things true. to explore. And they don't just do that. They do other yeah, stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, they go to space one time. Do yeah. that episode where they go to space and then Arnold just takes his helmet off? No. He just full-on takes his helmet off and his head freezes and it's huh. disturbing. I just, I really distinctly remember two episodes. One where one of them was sick. So they, mm-hmm. like, went in to see how your body fights infection or something. Yeah. And then one where they were in, like, a perfume making competition what do you remember this (laughs) no (laughs) i think it was i don't remember the reasoning but somebody like sabotaged their perfume by putting like skunk smell in it so they shrank down Uh and shot the skunk smell molecules as the person was like sniffing oh (laughs) interesting yeah and of course i remember that clearly because that is fucking ridiculous yeah Shrinking down to look at cells? Sure. Makes sense. Shooting skunk smell molecules? Does not make sense. Ridiculous. <laughs> Who thought of this? <laughs> what kind of drugs were y'all doing? <laughs> no. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the magic school bus. Unfortunately. We're here to... I mean, we already did. Be sad and make you sad. Time to be sad. So, if that part made you laugh, knock it off. <laughs> that part is over don't get used to it no i do have a question before we get super sad what's your question kind of sad meat wedge did you ever did you ever just spend like a significant amount of time away from your parents when you were a kid like did you ever go to like summer camp or sleepaway camp or anything yeah i went to a couple church camps Ooh. yeah um i went to some basketball camps that were like a week long yeah type thing but I would also go, because my stepdad's parents live about, like, five hours away. Uh-huh. They did. And um, I would go stay with them for, like, three weeks in the summer and just hang out that's up there. Fun. Yeah. And they would, like, take me to the zoo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's slightly different, though, because it's still, like, your You're family. You're with your family, yeah. Yeah. People that you know and are just paying attention to you. You're not, like, with a whole group yeah. of children. Yeah. Being um, taken care of by other children that's what i'm thinking i went one time to girl scout camp for one week and i was just like this sucks because yeah I mean, girl scout camp doesn't sound fun a sensitive child and didn't like meeting new people i still don't yeah and just realizing that like they were probably all like teens you know for me being in like the third grade i was like oh, they're the adults but counselors? the counselors were probably oh, yeah. like absolutely 20 years old at most yeah just they were all children as well. Dealing with a bunch of kids. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I don't know. The church camps that I went to were kind of fun. They weren't, like, super churchy. Yeah. Like, we would go to, like, one service at night or whatever. Yeah. But we would do all these fun activities during the day. Like, I signed up, I remember I signed up one year for kickboxing. Ooh. So, like, I was there for a week. And every morning, I took, like, a little kickboxing class. You know, like, that was fun. To do activities. Not just Jesus things. Sure. Kickboxing for Jesus. (laughs) Yes. If only Jesus knew kickboxing, where would we be now? You know? Maybe he wouldn't have died. Maybe. Maybe he could have kicked those Romans' asses. Yeah, but I feel like that would have thrown off the whole narrative. I mean, turning I feel like the dying is pretty important. Oh, yeah, that. To the lore. 
to the mythos. Well, he could have died of old age. <laughs> and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus died for your sins eventually. <laughs> I mean, okay. old age would have been like 48, so it's not like you had to wait That's too much true. longer. He was already on his way. It wouldn't have been 95. I don't know. I don't either. I didn't ever go to church. I went to like a day church camp once with some of my friends. But yeah. I was just like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> I did not grow up going to church. You didn't grow up. That's true. No, I was born 26 years old. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> what is this? Kyle XY? Or whatever the fuck that show was on Disney? I think he was. I... Hmm. He was like a clone or something. Yeah, I think it's an ABC show. Oh, yeah. But I think it was slightly more serious. I never watched it. I just remember no. it. they advertised for it so hard. Yeah, because... He... And every commercial was like, he doesn't have a belly button! Right, exactly. Like, okay! <laughs> Neat. Cool. How did he get nutrients as a fetus? He was never a fetus, I he think. He just was an adult. Yeah. Ooh, totally unrelated before we start talking about this. Did you see that they cloned the black-footed ferret? I did. That's dope. Do you think that, that just makes me excited? Do you think the cloned ferret has a little ferret soul? I don't know. That's my question. Does it have a belly button? Like, yeah, does it have a <laughs> belly button first? Yeah, I just wonder, you know, do I believe in souls? I don't know. But yeah. does a clone have the same... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I know. I, I do. I wonder about that. I need to ask this ferret. Does it have a personality? What I want to know, though, is the DNA is from a ferret that died in, like, the 30s or oh, in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. It's, like, 30 years old. So did it, did it, was it born and it was, like, looking for, like, cassette tapes and, like, is Duran Duran <laughs> on tour? And, like, Why is everyone's hair so small? Or my, like, warmers in fashion? <laughs> Aww. He's just like, nothing is neon. I don't... Right? What's happening? Where am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. Like, you're cloned from the DNA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But it is cool, because it means that they can introduce diversity into the... Because there's only... Right now, there's only, like, seven ferret families. Oh, and so interbreeding really? is... Yeah, they're, like, very endangered. Interesting. And so interbreeding is, like, a big problem... Because they, well, yeah. they can't, like, diversify the DNA because they only have, like, they have such a small group to work with. But now that they've, like, created this ferret that is not related to any of these ferrets, they can, like... Oh. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty rad. How but anyway. Welcome to Science Corner. <laughs> yeah. With Meat Wedge and Bucket Snake. Yeah. We're going to talk snakes. about shit we don't know. Bucket Snake's got her new glasses on, so I was just feeling Bailing scientific. Smart. I've already banged them on the microphone twice. <laughs> Why yeah, am I so close to the microphone? <laughs> weird noises. That's what it is. <laughs> I have to look very closely at the microphone when I speak. <laughs> You're just seeing all these things that you haven't seen in who knows how long. <laughs> the whole new world out there. Like that whitest kids you know sketch. Yeah. <laughs> what? How have I gone so long without seeing the beauty of alcohol prep pads? <laughs> Doctor, your floor looks like a firework show. Wait till you see an actual firework show. Okay, all right, all right. You gotta quit dicking around. <sighs> all right, fine. I'm done. <laughs> I'm Meatwedge. Just <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> just trying to have some laughs. I know. In this month. In this month. Darkness. That that was inevitable and unavoidable, and nothing could have been done to stop it. 
we surely didn't decide those for ourselves. No. All right. I got all my laughs out. All right. The serotonin is high. Yep. That's the word. Yep. Feeling good. Feeling good. Time to crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm Meatwitch. That's Bucket Snake. This is Replay Rewind. What do we do here? <laughs> Break it down for the people. Uh, yeah, we talk about movies that we haven't seen in a long time, or maybe have never seen at all, uh, in this case. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. My mind just turned off. <laughs> that's it. Like, I just, I'm sorry. If you couldn't already glean from the talk about summer camp and black-footed ferrets, this is a podcast about movies. <laughs> yeah, anyway. this is a podcast about movies, yep. where we talk about movies we haven't seen since we were kids, or maybe we've never seen. We try to remember what we can. Then we go watch it, and then we come back, and we're like, oh my god, that was a whole-ass movie. Let's walk our way through the plot and tell the audience about it, because people love that. And then we'll tell you some facts, figures, trivia, and uh, you'll love it. Yeah. And this week, to continue our theme... (laughs) (laughs) March Sadness. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, we're doing A Little Princess, which Bucket Snake has never seen, and I, I have not I have. seen for at least ten years. Yeah. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time until it's not. Right. Yeah, from what I remember, I mean, mostly what sticks out for me about this movie, other than a couple of visuals, is just crying my eyeballs out, which is why we've included it here in this week. Yes. Month. Well, this week, which is part of this month. Yeah. It's about this little girl who goes to live. She, her parents are not there. And I know, too, sometimes my brain is crossing this with a secret garden or the secret yeah. garden because it's, there's similar elements where she doesn't have parents. Yeah. But her dad is alive. He just doesn't remember her. Oh. Um, That's sad. She doesn't know that he's alive. So she goes to live at a boarding school i think because her dad is in the army i think it feels like world war one or world war two is this set in america i think it's in england okay and so is everybody british yeah i think so except for maybe <laughs> this girl is not okay there are definitely british people but the main character might not be but she goes to live at yeah like a boarding school and she's everybody's mean to her she doesn't have any friends, and I think the teachers are mean to her. And so she pretty much just uses her imagination to get through by herself and imagines herself as a princess. Oh, okay. So um, she's not actually a princess. Right. She makes friends with, like, one other girl who's, like, uh, maybe, like, a servant in the school. Because mm. she doesn't have any friends either because she's black. Mm. And, like, nobody talks to her either. And I think it's because she's, like... Works she there. works there. Yeah. Or her parents work there or whatever. Um, but I just remember a lot of, like, the things that I remember super vividly are there's a scene where they're either imagining, or it might be real at some point, they're just imagining this, like, big feast, and they have, like, really cute, like, princessy like, type dresses, and, like, their hair's all done up or whatever. They yeah. just, like, imagine a lot of stuff together. Oh, that's cute. Uh, and then her dad, we find out at some point, is, like, recovering from amnesia from his wounds from the war ah. very close by to her. Oh. They just don't know how close they are to each other. Right. Um, yeah. Why is it sad? Eh, 
Because she's all alone and lonely, and she's like, oh, but there's you eight. Don't, yeah, you don't remember just like a culminating event. It's no. just like overall sad. Uh uh-uh. uh Just yeah, just kind of yeah, generally miserable for this child. God, I was just laughing like three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you were, you were warned. <laughs> Fair, but yeah, yeah. All right. I do remember liking... Oh, and there's also... She pretends to put a curse on one of the mean girls in the school that all her hair's gonna fall out. Oh. Does it work? No. Because she doesn't... She doesn't know which... She's just kind of a weird kid. She doesn't know witchcraft or anything, but... Then at some point... The The movie takes a turn. Yeah. (laughs) At some point, the other girl that she put the quote-unquote curse on is, Uh like, brushing her hair, and she looks at her hairbrush, and there are, like, hairs in it, because that's just what happens, and she, like, faints. (laughs) She's like, oh, no! It's begun! But, uh, yeah, everything works out in the end, but I remember crying a lot while watching it, so... Tight. It should be a good time. This movie better be fucking sad. (sighs) I ain't seen it. Right. So I'm trusting you. Uh, Yeah. Maybe you were just in a bad place when you watched it ten years ago. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, we were all in a bad place in our early 20s. It's true. I was much tougher, though, <laughs> to not cry as much as I do now. <laughs> I have always <laughs> cried all the time at every movie. That's all I got. Me too. Since I haven't seen it. Since, yeah. What's, what's it about, Bucket Snake? <laughs> it's about um a princess. Uh-huh. She's very uh small <laughs> in stature, but yeah. big in her heart oh it's so cute and <laughs> honestly true probably <laughs> in a very general sense no it's actually a medical drama she's really small and her heart is too big it's, too big. <laughs> it's like noticeably too big like you can see it yeah it's it's both sad and gross and horrible the surgery scenes get me every time <laughs> i hope that's not it oh yeah me too i hope i'm wrong i don't remember any of that All right, well, let's find out. Let's go watch it. All right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, that was a fucking stirring movie. Yes. My emotions are stirred. Quite stirred. <laughs> My feelings, everything, all stirred up. Stirred up. That movie was a one of those big old paint sticks <laughs> that you get. All your emotions are settled to the bottom and it just like got in there and yeah. blended it all up. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> you think about that? Ew. <laughs> 
don't want that. So the IMDb summary is, a young girl is relegated to servitude at a boarding school when her father goes missing and is presumed dead. Which, yep, that's what happens. That's what happens. I mean, more shit happens, but... That's pretty much it. Yeah. Also, there's magic. Oh, yes. And don't forget there's magic. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that they had the Looney Tunes WB opening yeah. on this. Was it... Because you watched the tape, right? Was it like that on the tape? I don't remember. I was just like all settled in, ready to get like emotionally involved and it was yeah. like bah, 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 bah. you're like oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> and then it wasn't and then it was not <laughs> so it starts with being told a story of a little princess who lived in india mm-hmm. and her stepmother has banished her husband the prince yes so that's sarah telling a story right yeah so she's telling a story of princess sita and her husband prince rama and prince rama has been banished by Princess Sita's stepmother. Yeah. Out of jealousy. Ah. I missed that part. I was like, why is he banished? I guess. Yeah, something like that. Because he blew himself? Because <laughs> he's blue? He's like, it's not natural. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so Rama's like, well, I gotta go. Because. Oh, yeah, because I've been banished. Because I've been banished. So but... he, yeah, draws her a circle and says that she'll be safe if she never leaves the circle. Yeah. But then she does, because she's like, fuck you. <laughs> well, I mean... I think she hears him screaming or yelling or something. Some, yeah, something that sounds like it needs help. But yeah. It, it's not a very big circle either, Rama. What's she supposed to do in that circle? Yeah, there's not even How a, long is she supposed to stay there? A corner to pee in. Yeah, <laughs> it's a circle. There are no corners. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as she leaves the circle, she's attacked by a tin-headed monster. Yes. The low-budget CGI on this guy. <laughs> Oof. Should have gone with puppets. Should have made a big puppet. If yeah. he learned anything, a puppet would have looked dope. But it yeah, still he still would have looked cool. I mean, he's scary, but not just because you're like, oh, that's some bad computer work there. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea of him is scary. Yeah, um, for sure. The reality is not. Yeah. Which is interesting. Side note. I'm sure we'll talk about. But like Pan's Labyrinth is compared to this a lot. Oh, yeah. And it was made in 2006. So not like, you know, like 10 years later. Yeah. And the effects on that are just so much better right i think they use a lot of puppets puppets anyway well this podcast sponsored by puppets puppets yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah so he's i mean he's still scary but anyway but yeah so we find out that the story is being told by this little white girl to a small indian boy and they are playing in the most idyllic scene i've ever seen in my entire life i know right they're just climbing on statues playing in the jungle in a lake there's just an elephant hanging out nearby yeah just splashing around neighborhood elephant god i i was like well i've never been more jealous of a child than i am right now in this moment yeah i also read something about how in this scene because they're playing on like a really big statue that has fallen into the water that they're in and they're on the head of the statue yeah and there's a lot of like mythology about like things coming from directly out of the head of a deity oh you know and so it's a little bit of a mystical beginning fun yeah i like that so and then we find out that this is they're in india in 1914 Mm -hmm. and so sarah asks this woman that is nearby watching them you know have you ever met a real princess and she's like yeah of course no she she asks have you ever met a real prince yeah and she said yeah your friend's dead and she's like no i mean like a real prince and a real princess and she tells her all women are princesses. It's our right. Mm-hmm. 
Which is so cute. It's very cute. And it sets up the story pretty well. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's just like gratuitous, beautiful scenery shots. Yes. Of India. Um, which <laughs> is very, and I'm sure it's on purpose, but it clashes so much with like when they're in New York later. Mm-hmm. And it's just like cold and concrete and empty. And there's like not even a tree to be seen. Yeah. All the buildings are on top of each other. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's and a lot of windy. The like zoomed out uh, views of the city look mm-hmm. very computer animated. Yeah. But everything in India is like bright and real. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I just like the juxtaposition of like India being like what feels more real yes. as opposed to like New York. Yeah, absolutely. Feeling so artificial and cold. Yes. So her dad, the little white girl, mm-hmm. explains that because England has gone to war, because remember it's 1914, mm-hmm. he got to go. Yep. And so he's going to take her to a school in New York, which is the school her mom also went to. So yeah. that she'll be safe while he's away fighting war. Because it turns out you can't take your kids with you. Yeah. They don't really have, like, daycare. Bring your daughter to work day. On the front lines. Kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Gotta go to New York. Yeah, where she will be safe from the fighting. Yeah. Why does he have a British accent and she doesn't? Well, I'm... I take it that her mom is from New York if right. she went to this school. But she has grown up in India this whole time. Yeah. Anyone who is going to speak English in India would have a British accent. It's true. I mean, we and don't And her dad know. has one. We don't know how... She would have some old. sort of accent. I think so. We don't know how old she was when her mom died. So it's possible that, you know, if her mom raised her for the first couple of years and that was who she talked to the most... Especially yeah, if her dad was in the army. Yeah, but she's then, ten. He wouldn't have been away at army in 1904. Well, no. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I don't. Know just, she just on. has a distinctly American accent for someone who has never been to America. Is all I'm saying. Right. I know people who live in England who are American, and their children have British accents. Yeah, because that's what they're around. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I just think she probably tried to have a British accent, yeah. and the director was it like, probably you know what? was not nah. very good. <laughs> Don't worry about Which it. Which I appreciate, honestly. I would rather just have this small discussion than be tortured by a terrible accent. Yes, especially <laughs> coming out of a child. Exactly. It's just like, oh, don't worry. Just, just let it go, Sarah. Yes. Agreed. I don't know what your next note means. <laughs> oh, sorry. It says uh, that she's going to the same school her mother went to. So I said, oh, call that an alma mother. Oh. But then I was like, wait, is that is that what alma mater means? And it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I like alma it. mater means like bountiful mother. Oh. So. That's cute. Yeah. Uh, I like, oh, wait, is that what mater means? <laughs> That's what it looks like it yeah. says. <laughs> mater. Call that my alma mater. That's where my mom went. Yeah. You have a note here that I think is very interesting. Why can't she stay? Why can't she stay with this lady? Yeah. I mean, they have a whole ass house. They have people that like live and work there. Yeah. That could take who, care of her. Who is this woman? First off, what is their relation to each other? Yeah. Why is she there? Uh, I, I mean, I guess she works for him. It's seem. I mean, I feel like it's kind of suggested, but yeah, yeah, they don't ever really... I think, actually, though, I think it's kind of nice that you don't know. Yeah. it's just like, who is this small child in relation to her? It doesn't matter. They're just friends. Right. What we see is that they're friends and that they all get along 
Yeah. And that's that. And she lives a, a happy life. Yeah. yeah. In this giant house where I imagine the windows are always open. Yes. And, they oh, must be. So jealous. But, yeah, why can't she just stay there in this house that she already lives in with these people? If he's got all this money and yeah. he's willing to, like, pay whatever to keep her happy, why could she not just stay in her own home with unless, these people she already knows? Unless his wife had told him that her experience at the school was like really great yeah and she was like i want sarah to go to this school one day yeah maybe that was the plan anyway and he was just like well i cannot go with you now yeah now is just yeah the time yeah possibly i don't know but also if miss minchin's been at this school since 19 no 1856 which is what it says on the front she old well she's old but also she probably taught sarah's mom oh yeah but that never comes up it doesn't come up but also like she doesn't look that old was she that i don't know it yeah Yeah. on the front it says miss Minchin seminary for girls established 1856 right so that would have been 50 60 years yeah before this 58 years before this took place so yeah she probably taught sarah's mom if it was still her and then like how did her mom not know that it was awful yeah (laughs) she wouldn't have been like oh i had such a good time interesting yeah that's a good point we'll have to discuss it at the end i have more questions okay don't want to get sidetracked right we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves yeah so now they're on a boat i'm on a boat and it's going fast (laughs) and i don't want to go to new york without my dad and (laughs) exactly yes i believe that's playing in the background well, he hands her this locket while the sun goes down and with the picture of yeah her mom in it. Yeah. He says, um, I gave this to your mother when we got married. Yeah. Like, did it just have a picture of herself in it? He, there's also a picture of him in it. Right, but you don't see that in this scene. You just see that her picture <laughs> yeah. is in it. And it's just like, hey, this is you in case you forget. <laughs> I just want you to know to love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it is sweet, though. It's a sweet moment. It is. And then they're... She says, you know, what did you love about her? And he's just talking about, like, all the things that he loved about her mom. And then he says that I especially loved dancing with her. And then they go dancing off down the deck of the boat. And at this point, I already started crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's about five and a half minutes in. Nice. I wasn't full on crying. I was just tearing up. Because I was just like, it's just so cute. It is sweet. And then we see an Indian man with a monkey. Will he be important later? I don't know. (laughs) All right, now we're in New York, if you didn't know. New York! <laughs> yeah, so this is where we see that they're going to Miss Minchin Seminary for Girls, established 1856. Mm-hmm. And they get, like, a big old tour of it. Yeah. From we... Amelia? Yeah, we meet her first. And yeah. she's so sweet. And she just seems like so, you know, oh, they're going to have a good time, and here's what we do, and like, yeah. so it's going to fit right in, and it's just like, oh, this actually seems like a great place. Yeah. And then we just hear this lady just being like, Captain Crew! And we look up, and we're like, oh, shit. Yeah, she's like standing at the top of the stairs and waits for everyone to like acknowledge her before yes. she descends the stairs, yeah. and I'm like, I'm entering rooms like that from now on. <laughs> Hello! Yes, it's me. <laughs> everyone turns to look yes i need everyone's attention first yes yeah yeah you can immediately tell though that this lady is a bitch oh yeah yeah she's not going to be fun and sweet no like her sister amelia Mm-mm. 
First of all, the gray streak in her hair is much more prominent. They both have them, which I thought was cute. Yeah. But hers is more severe. Yes. So. Because she's got her hair so much darker. Yeah. And also it's bigger. And and also she's more of a bitch. And she's, it's, if we've learned yes. anything from Cruella Deville, the stronger yes. the streak. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the bitch. The bitch indicator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then they go on the tour and the building is really cool. It is. It seems like a cool place. Um, yeah, she's walking them through it, telling them about how the day goes, you know, the sort of thing, what time they get up and, you know, all the rules and whatever. Yeah. Sarah's kind of lingering behind. Uh, oh, yeah, Miss Minchin explains that, yeah, we have French class and Sarah's dad is like, oh, Sarah speaks French fluently, which promptly gets ignored. Yeah. Um. Oh, she speaks French, but doesn't have a British accent. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't have a very good French accent either. It's true. But. Yeah, I like this scene just because of the way that she and her dad are interacting, where she like kind of hangs behind, and her dad like looks at her, and they're like yeah. both kind of ignoring this mention together, and like looking at stuff, and just like, yeah, it's cute, oh, it's so cute, and you can both you can tell that both of them are just like don't want to be in this situation, mm-hmm. but are making the best of it. Yeah, that makes me sad. This is when we first see the servant girl mm-hmm. who is like mopping at the end of the hall and looking very sad and forlorn. Yes. And that's um, while they're on their way to French class. <laughs> when they walk in. Yep. And the teacher is full on asleep. Yes. And she's like, Monsieur Laforge. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. Je mange. Tu mange. It's like he was in the middle of the lesson. <laughs> just... and boom. He's like, oh, back to French. Yep. Yeah. And this is when, um, you know, they stand up in front of the class and do the very classic, like, hello, everyone. This is the new student. Let's mm-hmm. all gawk. Mm-hmm. Everyone say hello, Sarah. And they're like, hello, Sarah. They're all wearing matching hideous outfits and giant yes. bows. And Miss Minchin says that she's going to be the most popular girl in school mm-hmm. about Sarah. Yes. Which I, I really feel like she did that on purpose because she knows that that one girl wants to be the most popular girl in school. Right. Yeah. She's, she's immediately pissed she off. She has to know. Yeah. So we see this little rat faced girl in the back like, what? She's a child. Don't be me. She's like fourteen. <laughs> so rat face girl. <laughs> it's not. It's not the way her face looks. It's her facial expression. No, she's know. just like, uh. yeah. So definitely has her nose turned up. Yes, not just symbolically. Right. <laughs> but yeah, she is shook by this statement and decides that she's gonna establish some dominance immediately. So she grabs the curls of the girl in front of her and just starts dunking them in her little inkwell while making eye contact with Sarah. And just puts her hair so back. weird fucking flex, but okay. I mean, what else has she got, you know? I don't know. But it's just such a weird thing to do. I know, and Sarah is... Confused. Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Befuddled. Befuddled. But, but rightfully so. Yeah. You know, where she's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, why would you do that to someone? And why are you staring at me? I don't even know you. I do love that when you get, like, a sweeping shot of all the girls in the room. All of them have bangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a clear trend going on here. Right. That's all Sarah needed. She didn't have bangs. That's why, you know. She stuck out. going to be hard to fit in. Oh, and then fucking Miss Minchin immediately tries to take her locket off of her. Yeah, in front of her dad. Like, in front she of everyone. Out. She's like, well, yeah, but I mean, the a other girls class. would know, I think, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're not allowed to wear jewelry. So Miss Minchin is probably going to take that away. Yeah. But in front of her father, just to be like, oh, I'm going to keep this, like. Yeah, not even like, oh, not even just, wait till he leaves. Or just by the way. Yeah, but she's like, she reaches out to take it. It just seems 
wholly unnecessary, considering she's not even in her uniform yet at that point. So to, like, right enforce a dress code when you just walked in the door seems... Yeah, she should let her know when she's getting dressed, maybe, to be like, this is what you'll wear. Also, you know, jewelry has to stay in your room. Yeah. Because, why... <sighs> yeah, why would you do that? Just establishing some more bitch dominance, I guess. It's true. But yeah, Sarah is like, oh, I'll just wear it in my room. Yeah. You know, and Miss Mention is like, okay. Yeah. Which I, I love this too. I mean, even though it kind of, it kind of comes back to bite her in the ass. Because yeah. she's obviously establishing her defiance and dominance against Miss Minchin right away. But her dad, you know, she looks at her dad to be like, is it okay if I make this assertion? Her dad's like, hell yeah, dude, go for it. Yeah. You know, tell her, tell her what you, how you yeah. feel and what you want to. Their silent communications mm-hmm. are very cute. And so she's like, yes, it is that important to me. And Miss Minchin's like, well. And then all the girls are like, <gasps> she talked back to her teacher. So then they leave the drama of the sleeping French teacher. <laughs> And go tour what will be Sarah's room, which yes. is fucking huge. It's so big, and those windows are enormous. And there's a fireplace in there. And there's a fireplace, and it's dope. Yeah, and Miss Minchin explains that it's the best one in the house, and old Captain Crew is like, well, no expense should be spared in making Sarah feel at home. Yep. And then, yeah. He did great. Yeah, I don't know much about boarding school, but it does seem rare to, like, have your own room. I think so. Just yeah. from other media i have consumed yeah i I know this is a very like exclusive i mean there's only like 12 girls there i guess yeah but yeah to have your own room seems like a lot right i mean yeah it would make sense i think for them to have like varying levels of nice yeah as far as the rooms go be like oh yeah this is you know they're all nice but this is just get nicer the penthouse yes sweet yeah yeah i mean she does say this is our very best suite so it's like yeah you know, we we're establishing that not all the other girls are living in rooms that look like this one. Like this exactly, is... because Sarah is a princess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're you know having their final conversation before he leaves, and mm-hmm. he has gotten her a new doll. Yes, which he says her name is Emily, and I was like, I don't know that that's your job, Dad, to name this doll. I oh. think that uh, yeah, maybe it's Sarah's job, but it's fine. It does, it does, I think, kind of maybe lend to the belief that she is her own entity. Yeah. She already came with a name. He didn't name her. She didn't name her. Her name is Emily. Right. So that that's helpful, I guess. But yeah. yeah, he explains, he says that dolls are very good listeners, and you can always tell them all of your problems, and also, they move around when we're not looking, but then they go super fast right back to where you left them before you came in, so you would never see them moving around. All right, John Lasseter. Right. <laughs> Listen, Toy Story came out in the same year. Oh, yeah. So, Hmm. how uh, fortuitous. Mm -hmm. It is really cute, though, because he tells her that, like, whenever she feels scared or misses him, she can hug the doll, Mm -hmm. and the doll will let him know. Yeah. And then he will feel the hug. Yeah, and he'll send one back. Yeah, a sweet little magical... Yes. This is very magical thinking. Yes. And you just have to believe. He tells her, I mean, in that moment, you know, that... The magic is real. You just have to believe in it. Right. (sighs) (laughs) And then they're both very sad. And she's telling him, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah, they're like sitting in the window and she's kind of like sitting on his leg and like tracing his face. Yeah. Which is really sweet. It is. And he says, are you memorizing me by heart? 
And she says, no, I already know you by heart. <laughs> Hurt my feelings so much. <laughs> like, I know it's, like, super over the top. It's a little over the top for me, but, but yeah. Like, but I think it's in keeping with this whole movie. This whole movie is over the top. Yeah, for sure. Everything is just, like, to the extreme. But there are also a lot of really subtle things about it, too. Yeah. And, like, clever things. But, yeah, I oh, mean, sure. it has it has its highs and lows of... Yeah, cheesiness, I suppose. Yeah. It, I mean, it is a, it is a bit cheesy, but I was just like, just knowing, you know, how much neither of them want to do this, and like, it's just so sad, you know, yeah. to be a little kid and to be left alone, yeah, even in this place that like seems nice, but it's still, yeah, it's a new place, it's a new country she's never been to, right? Her dad is going somewhere dangerous, right? You know, for who knows how long, yeah, right. who knows if he'll come back? Like, there's a, there's a lot of ifs. And a lot of scary ones, so. What if he was like, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> Do not cross the Sierra Nevadas to get back home. All right? <laughs> yeah, I'll be for, back. for one thing, wrong direction. And she's like, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> I don't know, Dad. I feel like fighting a bear. Is every movie that we're doing this month just like, ah, separated from loved ones? That is the most tragic storyline. It is. Yeah, I think it is. Especially when you're small. Yeah, definitely. Or a dog. A small dog. <laughs> Dogs are small. <laughs> All right, on to the next day. Mm-hmm. All the girls are in the dining hall eating breakfast, and they're spreading they're weird talking about rumors. her. I, she's from England. I heard her dad knew the king and the queen, and then I heard her dad was the super rich cracker magnate. That was a magnate has come up again. <laughs> it has. We never got an email about no, magnates. We did not. So we we need to expand our listener base into the <laughs> the magnate the wealthy, sphere. the barons of the world. <laughs> um yeah, but like, did you see how many toys she has? Mm. We've learned that she has not come out of her room. Right. Yet. But I mean pff, neither would I. I'd be like, I'm just gonna Well she's probably unpacking. Day. And, yeah, adjusting yeah. and yeah. it's fine. This is when you see, like, all of the girls interacting, too. Yeah. Because I think in the French class, you don't really notice, because they're all sitting down and not really talking, but... Right. This is when you see that these kids range from, like, 6 to 14. Yeah. Which is very interesting to think about, like, they're all in the same class together all the time. Yeah, like, all doing what, the same homework, all doing the same... education to get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that girl is supposed to be... 14 years old i think maybe like 10 or 11 right but the little girl lottie is like six yes definitely (laughs) and yeah they're all in the same french class together yeah even i mean learning a language is something that you know babies do so that makes sense but they're all in the same math class together too and Mm -hmm. it's just like also either one of you is real smart the school only has math and french that's all they ever show yes It's true. And I mean, they're not even necessarily learning to do math. They're just memorizing their times tables. Yeah. And I'm, because I mean, you don't want, you know, poised young women don't need to know right. how to do math. Too many questions. Yeah. And then the, the bitchy girl who dunked the girl's hair in the ink says, I heard that they got kicked out of England because a bunch of people got poisoned from their crackers. Yep. And they're all like, <gasps> poisoned, poisoned crackers. crackers. Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> so just immediately she's like trying to pit all of them against her. Right. Don't eat any crackers that she offers you. (laughs) Yeah, I brought these from home. Would you like some? So Sarah is, it looks like she's like about to go to breakfast, but she keeps trying to like catch the toys in her room coming to life by like leaving and then like going back and leaving and going back. Yeah, she's looking through the keyhole, Uh but she can't see them moving. 
But yeah, so she heads on down to breakfast and she sees a bunch of pictures on the wall. Yeah. And she sees a picture of her mom. Yeah, it's really sweet. It is. But then fucking Miss Minchin is like, Miss Benchman, Bitchman, (laughs) Miss Bitchman coming up the stairs like, you're late. You're making everybody late. We're all waiting for you. Yeah, she bitches at her for, she's like, we're not in the habit in this school of making other people wait. Whatever. But then she immediately is like, oh, Monsieur Laforge, have you met Sarah? And it's like, yes, bitch, yesterday. Yeah, they just met. And didn't you say they're already late? Like, so go. recently. <sighs> but also, you know, it's, she's bitching at this kid, but then she's like, well, one of our, one of your teachers is here. We're not just going to ignore him. Yeah, I guess you know, so. We've got to. So that's that's another. I don't know that that man actually speaks French. <laughs> he like puts on his monocle so that he can hear her talk to him. I think he's just making sure that this incredible French is coming out of this small child. Yeah, it's which, not a trick. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it's I get the point, but he's like, this child doesn't need to be in French class. She's better than all of the French students. She practically is French. And then I'm like, her accent is. Oh, bad. Like, her French pronunciation is not good. I mean, I don't speak French, so I was like, that sounds cool. Sure. But then he's like, <laughs> Miss Minchin, he could even help you with your pronunciation. Yeah. Which, okay, rude. Wait. What if, instead of this guy, it's Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> dressed as a chef. <laughs> teaching everyone French. Bonjour, Sarah. I am your French teacher. Monsieur Laforge. <laughs> so bad that would have made it fun that would have been fun but yeah no LaForge is just gonna obviously creating more tension yeah and then he walks off (laughs) I said something so nice (laughs) ruining things this is the point though where I was like man Sarah is already things are stacked against her and she has done nothing yeah all she did was walk in the door right yeah because when she's there in front of the french class and miss minchin says she's gonna be their most popular girl and then this bitchy little girl whose name we don't know yet was like what the fuck and then is immediately mad and now sarah's enemy even though sarah was just standing there right and then now i mean miss minchin already kind of doesn't like her but now you know laforge is like oh she's better than you miss minchin and Miss Minchin's like fuck this child and it's like again sarah is just standing there right she's not doing anything right all she said was do i have to go to french class i already know french that's a fair question yeah you gotta go though but you gotta go because fuck you (laughs) it's my school and she apologizes you know sarah's like i'm sorry i wasn't trying to be rude i and you know we we got in this like glimpse that we got into sarah's life before she moved to america she's just running around doing whatever she wanted right for the most part, with yeah. a lot of freedoms and not challenged. So it's not that she's being rude. She's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to fit in. I'm, I'm still learning. Okay. Give me some right. slack. And everyone says, nay. No. <laughs> no slack for you. <laughs> no slack. So anyway, she finally makes it to the breakfast table. Yeah. And the servant girl is just like serving everyone their food. Yeah. And Sarah says, thank you. Yeah. And Miss Minchin yells at her and tells her there's no talking at the table. Yeah. And Sarah's like, well, that doesn't seem natural. Like an Oak Express commercial. <laughs> yeah. And Miss Minjin's like, if this child does not stop talking back to me, ugh! I just don't understand. Like, they're supposed to be learning to be, like, proper women. They're supposed yeah. to be learning to be socialites. Yeah. People talk at tables. Oh, I thought you meant because she didn't say thank you. No. Because she did say thank you. No, yeah, I just... Yeah. They, they're supposed to be learning manners. Like, that's what women 
you know, little girls are trained to do in this time right. period is, like, be good at being social. Sure. But they're not even allowed to talk. Yeah. What? I don't know. That's because Miss Minchin is bad at being... I mean, she doesn't have any friends either. She sure does not. So, I don't know what she thinks she's teaching them. Anyway, on to math class. Yeah! Yeah, so... <laughs> We're, we're going through all our times tables and we learn that this little chunky girl that we saw in the French class getting her hair inked is bad at math, which is just, that was just the title of the chapter about, in my biography about school. The chunky girl is bad at math. <laughs> it's still true. <laughs> little baby meat wedge. Yeah. Bad at math. Bad at math. Good at words. Bad at math. Yeah, she's, um, they're going around the room all like, you know, memorizing the times tables or what the fuck ever. Yeah, going through their sevens. Which my dad grew up in a British school. Oh, yeah. And he said that this is what they did every morning all the way from one and one is one to 14 14s is oh. uh, 200 of them. Oh. <laughs> math. Me, the big chunky girl. Still bad at math. Yeah, but Miss Minchin is a bitch to this girl because she doesn't know the answer. Yeah. And threatens to tell her dad. I'm going to tell your dad that you're not. She's like, I studied so much. She's like, I doubt that. Yeah, it's so rude. It's rude and it's... <sighs> anyway, Sarah feels guess. bad for her. Mm-hmm. Because the little girl's crying. Crying and looking at her like, this is what it's like. <laughs> and in this moment, we learn that the bitchy girl's name is Lavinia, so I will call her that from now on. Well, she's that sounds like a prescription medication for a fungal infection. Ask your doctor about Lavinia today. <laughs> See if Lavinia is right for you. <laughs> well, it ain't. Side effects of Lavinia may include... Your it hair does. falling out. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does sound like a medication. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, we, we skip to Sarah writing a letter to her dad explaining that there are a lot of rules and she's trying really hard not to break them. Yeah. She's sitting in the window, the same window where she told her dad by, which is sweet, writing this letter and she looks out to see an old man who lives in the house that's like kind of connected to the school mm-hmm. um, saying goodbye to his son as he goes off to war. Yeah. And... The man with the monkey from the <gasps> boat. There he is. Comes out to comfort him. Are you sure it's the same man? Maybe P- not a P- shore. different Indian man with a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> they are com. They're not common. I, I don't think. I don't Dime know. a dozen in New York in 1914. I suppose. <laughs> um, I am feeling the anti-war vibes. Oh yeah. Of this beginning of this movie. Yeah. Sarah is crying on the letter that she's writing to her dad. <laughs> she's trying so hard to be brave. I know. She's just like, you know, there's a lot of rules, but it's fine. As if she hasn't been like yelled at by the lady in charge of her yeah. and everyone's you a know, bitch. threatened by this other girl and isn't allowed to talk. Like, it's just very different. And she's like, I, I can't, but I can't complain to my dad about it. He's right. going to feel bad and he's probably got it worse. Oh, yeah. And she and even says learn- in her letter that she's proud of him. Yeah! It's just like, oh, God. <sighs> and it does this, like, sweet transition of, like, her crying on the letter, and then it transitions to him reading the letter while it's being rained on. Yeah. While he's in the trenches. Yeah. At war. At war. So, again, you can't really... <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm ha- having a terrible time, Dad, but I'm sure it's worse wherever you are. <laughs> and it is. There is a lot less mud here. So much worse. <laughs> yes. I am indoors, for one. Yes, it's dry. <laughs> uh, this fucking 10-year-old girl, though, has better handwriting, sentence structure, writing skill, and emotional maturity than 80% of the adult population 
now, but especially in 1914. Yeah. The fuck does she even need this education for? She does not. Just send her on to law school or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever women are allowed to do in 1914, I don't fucking know. But Nothing. She just... Give her like some money she could just live by herself i don't know like it just seems silly truly yeah she's yeah she's independent and also smart and like immature yeah yeah so she'd be fine she should have stayed in india with <laughs> maya and a little boy whose name i forgot you hear that 20 years ago movie yeah and now this <laughs> lottie is throwing a fit yes she's screaming kicking the floor and crying and Amelia is trying to comfort her but has no idea what she's she doing. She looks so uncomfortable. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's just like, um, hey. Just patting her. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah comes to talk to her and comes to find out that Lottie's crying because her mom has died. Yeah. Which is sad. It is sad. So Sarah talks to Lottie about her mom and tells her that her mom is also dead and don't worry, our moms are angels and they or in a castle made of sunflowers and they just whistle when they need to ride a cloud to visit the next cloud. I don't <laughs> fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. Because, I mean, you can tell that she's kind of making this up on the spot a little bit, you yeah. know, or she's just like... But also, maybe some of it is stuff that she's imagined before, but she's just, you know, trying to make Lottie feel better. And yeah, and it works. It just establishes again that Sarah is really good at storytelling. Yeah, and also... And using her imagination to make herself feel better. empathetic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the servant girl at the end of the hole, I'm glad we both made a note about yeah. <laughs> the look on her face was just like, these fucking white people. <laughs> She's just standing there listening and like rolling her eyes and yeah. just like, Ugh. It's very funny. Cool. But when uh, Sarah notices her, she runs off. Becky does, yeah. Yeah, Becky runs off. And Lottie explains that she's not allowed to talk to the other girls mm -hmm. because she's a servant and because she has dark skin. Yes. Sarah says... So? And Lottie says, well, doesn't that mean something? I know, which is so sad. And the scene just ends. Right. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There there could have been more, I guess, that it would have... I don't know. But it, it's, it's sad that Lottie is just, like, already has these prejudices and doesn't know why. Right. You know, she's like, here's a fact. That... Becky has dark skin and that's why she's not allowed to talk to us. Yeah, and that feels like the point of the scene less about even the characters and more about, like, Lottie, as a fucking six-year-old, mm -hmm. grew up in this, yeah. knowing that that's just the way things are. Yeah. Sarah has never been around this. Right. And doesn't understand that that's some sort of pre-understood right. thing. Yeah, you know? she grew up with people all over who had, you know, different skin yeah. than she does. And she's just like, yeah, they're just my friends and the people who, like... So you know. this is just, yeah, like an example of, again, Sarah trying to learn about... Mm -hmm. this world that she just doesn't understand because she's never been a part of it. Yeah, she's like, what does that have to do with anything? And Lottie has to admit in her six-year-old way that she also doesn't know. She's like, huh. like is it, I, I, you tell me, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're older. Doesn't that mean something? So then Sarah decides she's going to go talk to Becky. Yeah. We learn that Becky lives in the attic. And damn, she just like does not knock. She does not knock. She just, she just walks right in and doesn't say anything and spies on Becky doing her thing. Which is just very rude. It is rude. First of all, Becky um, is singing to herself. Yeah. And icing her feet. Yeah, because they're all sore and her shoes are probably garbage and don't yeah. fit. And, ugh. 
Becky but Becky's is, like, hey, you gotta go. Yeah, she was like, we're both gonna get in trouble. You can't yeah. be in here. Just, you know, she first is like, can I help you with something? And Sarah's like, oh, no, I just was. She's like, then you gotta get out of here. Yeah. Fair. Poor Becky. <laughs> then we cut to a walkabout. A walkabout, yes. Where I imagine Miss Minchin was like, come on, children, we're going for a walk. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what the purpose of them... Just going out, get some fresh air. It's I good don't know. for them. It looks like the opening of Madeline, though. Yeah. The cartoon from when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It's really just so that everybody can get out of the house, though, and Becky has time to discover that Sarah has left her a present. Yeah, and it's a really nice pair of shoes yeah. that are ugly, but really nice. Hideous. But more importantly, she left a note that said, I hope we can still be friends. Yes. Which is so cute. Do you want to talk about how much you love these shoes? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't like the shoes. I actually don't, which I know is weird for me. But there's just everything about this movie, like, aesthetically is so over the top. You mm-hmm. know, this house is huge and gaudy and her room is, like, huge. And I just, like. The bows are ten enormous, feet tall. Enormous, yes. Yeah. And the bow that, like, Sarah puts on Becky's present even is just, like, yeah. ornate and huge. And I just, it appeals to me so much. Like, I wonder if we've moved away from that because we don't because we don't have as much free time so like back then it was like i need the walls to be interesting because i don't have anything else to do yeah <laughs> what else am i going to look at i'm just going to sit here in my parlor i own one book and i've read it seven times <laughs> i'll read it to you no don't get up and get it i'll just tell you what happens thankfully the <laughs> wallpaper is ornate and i feel satiated <laughs> maybe so then we go to this i don't know if it's a lesson or just like reading down, like downtime mm. but all the girls are in this one big room i think it's very cute because they're all like laying on each other and like they're all just kind of you know they, they're friends you can tell that they're friends and it's just like a cute little like yeah it is strange that reveal miss mention is letting them be so casual but yeah maybe this is the hour in which they are allowed to be casual yeah but lavinia is reading out loud from this book while miss mention is playing the harp and literally everyone else is falling asleep one girl is just straight up picking her nose yeah which i was like tight they are <laughs> bored out of their mind yeah. even amelia is falling asleep like it's just woof yeah because the book is boring as hell yeah it's not good the book is like and there's a harp being played at the same time like yeah it's there's a big fire in the fireplace it's yeah a very, it's very rolling, warm like room yeah and the story is like and Charlotte knew that she must do what her father said and marry the boring man. Yeah. Miss Minchin says, okay, Lavinia, your turn is over, and now it's Sarah's turn. And Sarah looks around at this room and is like, all right, I'm going to spice it up. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> she gets out of boombox. That princess said, I ain't marrying that guy. I like this other guy, and I'm going to run away with him. Yeah! She starts making up this story. She's just like, but Charlotte said, fuck that! I'm going to marry this other guy that I love. And they ran away with each other, and then they got on a boat, and then they They jumped into the water, and then they were rescued by mermaids. She's just going off, like, all these fantastical things that happen. And all the girls are excited, and they all get up and gather around around her, actually listening. And even Amelia is like, yeah, and then what happened? Mm-hmm. And it takes Miss Minchin so long to notice that this is happening. She's just... I think she's zoned out. In harp world. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Just over there playing the harp. She's in the harp zone. <laughs> just playing a harp solo. You know how it gets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like as soon as mermaids are mentioned, she like hops up. 
Yeah, she's like, wait, 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 well, wait. I never. Yeah, she grabs the book out of Sarah's hand and is flipping through it as though to be like, where on the page does it say mermaid? And Sarah's I rem- still telling the story. Yeah, so clearly she's making it up, but Miss Minchin is a double checking just to make sure. Right. She didn't get the wrong book off of her shelf. Yeah. Whoops, pick grab boring marriage story. Not the Playboy. I accidentally got <laughs> the, yeah. you're just reading for the articles. Mer- mermaid <laughs> adventures <laughs> happens to me all the time. So yeah, obviously Miss Minchin is angry, and Sarah's like, "Don't you ever imagine things?" And she's like, <sighs> "No, fuck you, no, <laughs> not once, not never." Everybody, go to your room. There will be no imagining in this house, so don't even dream. Yeah, she yells at her and she is basically like, well, it's really easy to imagine things when you have everything. Yeah. Which I mean, is a, I mean, it is a fair point. Yeah. But it is not the time. <laughs> not the time. And Miss Minchin is clearly not suffering. No, she's fine. She has to take care of 12 girls who are, she's getting paid to take care of. Yeah, she lives in this giant house and yeah. like her things are nice and her clothes are nice. Like, yeah, she's warm and dry. Yeah. And not fighting a war. Right. She's fine. She yeah. has a job. She I has do, people who work for her. This is just the first of many times that, I don't know, you can kind of see on her face that she had something once and lost it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and I'm like, I do want to know. Yeah, I would like a little this bit more This didn't backstory. come from nowhere. Right. She, like, you can tell she clearly, like, isn't a bitch just to be a bitch. Like, something happened. Yeah. Because she... You'll get this, like, wistful look on her face every now and then. Yeah. And she has to confront Sarah and be like, oh, yeah, I... It's almost like I used to feel that way, but I decided to turn that off. Yes. But, like, why? 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 Yeah. No imagining. Everybody go to bed. Lavinia looks fucking pleased with herself. Even though she just sat there. She, she didn't, didn't do anything. Because she's like, mm, the uppity little girl who's more popular than me got in trouble. Yeah. So, as they're all on their way to bed... Three of the girls ask Sarah if they can just sneak into her room so that she can tell them more stories. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but only the three of you. Just the three of you, which is obviously how that's going to go, and there will be no problem. Yeah, we've never seen this happen in a story. Yeah. <laughs> As they're all, like, sneaking into the room, it goes back to Miss Minchin angrily playing the harp. Yes. She's <laughs> <laughs> got emotions. How dare that child ask her if she imagines things. That's the sound of the harp. That's what a harp sounds like. <laughs> when you're angry. <laughs> it's an angry harp you've probably never heard one discordant <laughs> yeah so a bunch of the girls sneak into sarah's room mm-hmm. it's like half of them it's not it's not just three of them three. it's quite a few of them they all have these terribly ugly ass bows in their hair which i was confused about but me wedge i'm sorry gifted with <laughs> naturally curly hair <laughs> this is how people used to curl their hair I didn't know. Yeah, they would just tie their hair up in rags. Or you can also use old socks. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I had, I had no idea. And you just... It's kind of like rollers before rollers were a thing. You just, like, wind your hair up in there and tie it in the little bow. And then when you wake up in the morning and take them out, your hair's curly. Huh. That's why they all have curls. Yeah. Yeah. Because ain't nobody in here got a curling iron. <laughs> yes. That makes sense. I wonder who does it for them. You think they do their own hair? Probably. None of them looked like they were done particularly well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's, they're all there listening to her, and Becky is listening outside the door. And they don't get caught. They don't get caught, which is good, because yeah. they are not being quiet. No. But, you know. They, they even say, after Miss Minchin goes to bed, we'll sneak in, and then 
<laughs> they can't wait that long. No. They're like, somebody's playing the harp. Probably her. It doesn't matter. We're going mean, to sneak I in. I feel anyway. like, you know, she is just always up late playing oh, probably. the harp. Yeah. People like that don't sleep. All right. So on to the next day. Mm-hmm. Sarah is fixing Ermengarde's hair, mm-hmm. previously known as Freckles. Yes. <laughs> and uh, making her look like Emily. Yeah. The doll. Mm-hmm. And Ermengarde explains that her father hates dolls and hates coming to the school. Yeah. And for a second, you're like, okay, why? What does that have to do with anything? But they walk out onto the, like, balcony thing that overlooks the front room and it's full of parents. Yes. Obviously not Sarah's parents. No. (laughs) So that kind of makes me feel like, I don't know, I think when, when Lottie was like, oh, my mom's dead and I'm sad, made me think that a lot of the girls maybe didn't have parents or, you know, were kind of in similar situations to Sarah. But all of the other girls' parents are there, so I guess they're just sent off to boarding school to learn to be good kids. Yeah, I mean, they all have parents, I think. And that's why when Lottie says, I miss my mom, and Sarah says, well, you'll see her soon. Right. And Lottie says, no, I won't. She's dead. No, she did. Yeah, poor Sarah is just standing there watching all of these children interact with their parents and their parents being proud of them for all the things that they've learned. And Sarah is just like, my dad's not here. There's a small moment, too, because you see Sarah helping Ermengarde with her French and she, like, goes and runs to her dad and speaks French to him and he's so excited. Yes. And it's just, like, such a cute little, like, another small way that Sarah has, like, helped the other kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sarah, I think, is hugging Emily and missing her dad so much that she thinks that this man that she sees the back of his head, she thinks that it's her dad. Yeah, he's wearing, like, the same kind of coat or whatever. Which... It makes I know that it's not him, so she runs after him. You know, she's like Papa, and she runs out the door and grabs onto him, and he turns around, and she's like, well, I, don't, I don't know this man. Oh, sorry, other white man. The the fact that she would think that her dad would be there and not say anything to her, yeah, and she has to chase him down in the street is just so sad. Yeah, like, but she's like, uh, it's fine. She's so happy to see him that she doesn't even think about the fact that like, why would he not say something? Yeah, to me? come look for me. Yeah, yeah, but it's not him. Of course, it's not because. Cut to the trenches. Oh, God. Where Captain Crew is looking rough AF. Yeah, he's just walking through this muddy, gross trench, and there's just dead bodies everywhere. And then one guy is like... (coughs) He's like, oh, shit! So he goes and picks him up and carries him through the trenches. Yeah. This is a very G-rated warfare scene. Yes. Because, like, all these dead bodies are fully intact. There is no blood. Right. Everyone just looks asleep. Right. It's the No Guns War of 63. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, but, I mean, still, like, just... It, even though there's no blood or dismemberment or whatever, or gaping wounds, it's still a rough-looking scene. Oh, yeah. For a kid's movie. Just all this mud and... World War Everybody's One dead. was rough. Yeah. That's true. Unlike World War Two, which was basically... Well, <laughs> listen, this isn't a history podcast, but <laughs> the way people died in World War One was just way worse because the technology was so much worse. It took so much longer to die. Yeah. We just got better at killing. Yeah. So at least you died faster in World War Two. That's true. Is all I mean. You're right. Speaking of trenches and warfare, <laughs> we return back to the school to see that Sarah is telling a story and the girls have really divided themselves into... Mm-hmm. The Axis and Allies powers. So, <laughs> yes. Camp Sarah, uh-huh. obviously the Allies, is uh, telling stories in her room, 
about the princess and the prince who we've already met and then bitch face Lavinia is just like in her room getting her hair brushed yeah yeah and the other girls are sitting there watching her getting her hair brushed there's like four of them yeah hanging out but then this one girl is like I don't care what you say about Sarah's stories they have got to be more interesting than this I'm leaving fair Lavinia's like if anyone else feels that way, then she should leave, too. And they're all like, bye. Everyone leaves. <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah. They just leave. Becky is again standing at the door and listening. Yes. To the stories, not to Lavinia. Right. Who would you listen to her get her hair brushed? <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts back to Captain Crew again, carrying this body, this mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Through the trenches while Sarah tells a story that is like kind of parallel to what he is going through so in the story the prince is like surrounded by these arrows Mm -hmm. that are full of poison gas Mm -hmm. and then captain crew is in the trenches which are quickly filling up with poison gas yes he's trying to climb out yes and he gets he gets himself and this other dude out who we do know that this is john randolph right that he's carrying i think he says his name Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm fairly certain that Captain Crew, like, says this man's, like, he sees yeah. it on his jacket or whatever. And that he's like, sense. oh, John Randolph picks him up. So we know that this is the son of Sarah's next door neighbor. Right. Yeah. And he he manages to drag both of them out of the trenches, but it's too late. Yeah, they're just, has... like, barely out of the trench. Yeah. So they both have succumbed to this poison gas, just as Rama does the same. also succumbed to the poison gas that he is surrounded by. Yeah. Oof. But then it's Sarah's birthday. Yay! What a big fancy cake she has. It is huge. Which, at first I was like, man, it's, it seems very out of character that Miss Minchin would go to this... To the length. Length. Yeah. Yeah, making this giant cake. She's got presents everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, everything's decorated. Everyone is like being super chill and playing and having a good time. And it just seems very out of character for her. But we learn here in a second why. There's a ring at the door. There's a ring at the door. It's <laughs> a... Before that happens, I just love that Sarah says, you know, Lavinia's being all bitchy, but I'm sure Princess Sarah will make sure everyone gets the same size cake. And Sarah says, everyone's a princess. Even snotty two-faced bullies like you, Lavinia. Everybody's just like, oh, shit! You can have the biggest piece of cake. Yes, I love that. And Miss Minchin, you can see tell, is like, about to say something, and then she's like, fuck it, I don't care, whatever. <laughs> just yeah. call each other whatever you want. She even seems to be having a good time for a little bit. You know? For a minute. Yeah. But then there's a ring at the door. And it's a giant man. He is huge. <laughs> yes. He is Mr. Barrow. Mm-hmm. Captain Crew's solicitor. Mm-hmm. Surely just come to dump money in Miss Minchin's lap. You're doing great. Here's money. You do, here you go. Keep Big it up. old sack with a money yeah, symbol on it. Yeah, he kind of throws it around so she can dance in it. Oh, my God. And then he leaves and it's, everything's fine. And the movie's over. No, that's not what happens. <laughs> he walks in. Uh, it cuts to Ermengarde playing piano with Amelia, which is just really cute. It, yeah, because Ermengarde like, like rushes over and starts playing a very because Amelia's playing like this kind of like la 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 yeah. sort of tune, and then Ermengarde's like boop, 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 and they play together, and it's so cute. Yeah, it's a very like inconsequential little scene that we probably didn't need to spend time talking about, but it's so cute. It's so cute, and I love both Amelia and Ermengarde. Yeah, and it's nice that Ermengarde is good at something. Yes, I'm happy for her. <laughs> yes. 
So Miss Minchin is talking to Mr. Barrow and is like, oh, it's Sarah's birthday. We've tried to make it a very special day and we'll be needing a bunch of money because I spent a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Barrow's like, well, there's no money. So. Oops. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he explains that Captain Crew has died yep. in battle. And for some reason... All of his assets have been seized by the British government. Yeah, which they never explained, so I don't know. Sarah is now an orphan, and also there is no money coming to keep her in room and board here at the school. Yeah. Uh, Figure it out. Au revoir, (laughs) says Mr. Barrow. (laughs) Figure it out. Bye. How did Captain Crew not have a plan for if he died in the war it's not like he was like oh i'm sure he did i'm going off to they but they they seized all of his assets i'm sure he had a will and everything lined out yeah but for some reason the british government was like ah we're just gonna take that yeah we'll just be having that thank you and maybe in the long run you know mr barrow would get it back yeah i don't know but for the moment yeah anyway so he tells Miss Minchin this. Miss Minchin goes into the birthday party and tells everyone to get out, mm-hmm. which is just so fucking rude. And she honestly almost looks happy, yeah, to be delivering bad news to this girl who she is like, I guess, jealous of. Yeah. I don't know. She like, I think so, is enjoying that she is about to destroy her life. Yeah, because she's like, oh, she was having. She's just ever. She's so well loved, and she has everything that she's ever wanted, and now she doesn't have it. Now she's gonna understand. That the world is cruel and terrible and yeah. everybody sucks. And it's like, really? You're just delighting and crushing this girl's dreams and Yeah, so she and... she kicks everyone out. She tells Sarah to stay. She sits Sarah down at her desk or whatever and is like, listen, your dad is... Your, da- your dad is... Your father is dead. Yeah, it is nice that it takes her a couple tries to get through it, I guess, instead of being like, hey, guess what? Your dad died. I mean, <laughs> but it's out of character, though. It's almost like as soon as she says it and then she's like your dad is dead and you're an orphan and fuck you and you work it just opens the floodgates of her yeah yeah being like now i have this huge problem where i you know i'm in all this debt because of you and how are you gonna pay that back and it's like none of this is sarah's problem right or yeah it's not her fault also she just found out that her dad died yeah two seconds ago and yeah, and she says, that's just the way things are. You have to face reality. She hasn't even... Processed. She hasn't even opened her mouth to make up... She hasn't even said, like... Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> she just said, it's just the, it's just reality. Like, okay. God. Give me a minute. So, now Sarah has to move out of her room. Mm-hmm. She moves into the attic. Miss mm-hmm. Minchin says she owns everything that Sarah owns. Mm-hmm. Because she's not getting paid so she's gonna have to sell off all of her stuff yeah to... i'm gonna have to make up these losses somehow so i'm taking all of your things yeah so now sarah lives there for free mm-hmm. has to work with becky yeah and also a fucking course she's obsessed with this goddamn locket she like yeah. rips it off of her yeah and is like and i'll call the cops if you take anything else yep great she lets her keep one book and emily yes. the doll which is very nice of her. And then as she's leaving the attic room, she turns around and looks at her and says, I expect you to remember, Sarah Crew, that you're not a princess any longer. It's like, you really just went figuratively it. kicked that girl in the face. Like, oh, yeah. It, like, you had to just turn around and tell her, like... See, I told you. I yeah. told you not to have an imagination or any hope or happiness. What? Yeah. Who does that to anyone? 
But especially a child. This bitch. Who just found out her dad died like two minutes ago. Yeah. A child in your care. Yeah. Not even just some right. Like, you're supposed to be taking care of this child. That's your job, is to take care of children. And you're bad at it. No, her job is just to get paid. That's true. <laughs> so I do want to make a side note here that obviously the situation sucks, but the attic room is really tight. It's dope. I mean, it's raining, so the floor is a little wet. Yeah, but, but if you could fix it up. Yes. She still has her tight. own room. Yeah, it's just cold. Yeah, it's and very cold. And the bed is broken. Yes. And some of the fine. windows are broken. She's a child. <laughs> she doesn't even need a nice bed yet. She's tough. Yeah, her <laughs> spine is like rubber. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> she can handle it. Yes. What do you think? She is a princess. <sighs> Not anymore. So, she's sad. It's raining. The attic is wet. She's alone. It's yep. cold. Yep. She's holding Emily. She has one candle. Yep. She finds a piece of chalk on the floor. She sits on the floor, holding Emily with her candle, draws a protective circle around herself, and then just lays down. <laughs> Fucking thing is trying to make me cry, I can tell. It's working. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> no, this part is really sad. It's so sad, because I mean... Not only she draws a protective circle for herself and then lays down in it and is just like crying, yeah. but it's also it's the first moment that she's gotten to actually process what has happened to her because yeah. up until this point she's like just numbly watching you know Miss Minchin take her stuff and like move her out of this room and tell her that it's her fault for imagining things too hard and you know yeah. like and then she now she's alone and she like gets to actually think about it and it's just like it all is just hitting her at once and so she's like hugging this doll and like oh my god it's just so bad it's very sad like, Papa. <laughs> i was crying so much <laughs> it's rough well we've made it to the next day yep thank god where sarah is dressed as a servant girl and they're all like at breakfast and Lottie wants to know what happened. Mm-hmm. Ms. Minchin says, don't speak to her. Yep. Because she's a fucking bitch still. Well, at least she's consistent. True. That's all I can give her. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Sarah is only allowed to serve everyone gruel from a fancy bowl. Yeah. It's all they ever fucking eat is just like this weird porridge soup stuff. Yeah, I mean, for breakfast, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what they eat for lunch. I don't know. more of the same. They don't have any food ever on this movie, so I have no idea. Yeah. So we see Sarah kind of, like, going about her chores along the day, you know, and she's mopping, and there's, like, this background music, and she's remembering math class, and I swear to fucking God I'm gonna know the times tables <laughs> by the end of this movie. Yeah. Because it's just all the sevens time t- tables again, yep. just playing in her head. Yeah. And, like, she's movie? like, oh, remember... Do not try and teach me shit. Remember that one time I went to math class? Here to be entertained. Seven times seven is 49. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Lavinia walks through her freshly mopped floor and just stares at her, all smug. She's like, hey, yeah, yeah, to mop the floor again. What a bitch! Well, the joke's on her because those pea soup colored drop waist dresses look stupid. <laughs> you look dumb as fuck. Why is your waist around your butt? <laughs> Why was this a fashion? I, I You gotta move it around, you know? Uh, sometimes it's right up under your titties, and sometimes it's way down by your butt. Whatever. So she goes out to buy things for the house, which I guess is a terrible chore, 
It looks kind of shitty out there in the world. Yeah, but also it'd be nice to get away from the house for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you get to get away from everyone. Probably could linger a little bit. Take his, I mean, she does. Yeah. Sometimes she she's like, oh, I'm gonna... But also, it's it's shown to be not very fun. She's fighting with these little urchin boys for her stuff. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure no one is paying attention to her and it's dangerous out there. It's dirty. Yeah. You hear some mystical Indian music, Ooh. and then her little scarf blows away. Oh no! She runs into the Indian guy with a monkey from the boat. <gasps> he is important. Yeah, and they just stare at each other for a little bit, and then she leaves. Yeah, it's very strange. Cool. And then we find out that John Randolph something is wrong with he John. He has gotten bad news. Yeah, we can't find him. Right. And Mister Randolph is very sad about it. He also calls the Indian man, this is the first time we hear his name, but he calls him uh, Ram Das. Yes. Which is a person. Yes. Yeah. Which I'll talk about later. Okay. So then we're back in the attic, and Becky also does not knock. No. There's a- The problem is that the attic doors are so flimsy that if you knock, they will fall apart. <laughs> That's a fair point. So you can't knock on them. Yes. But Becky says, I didn't get to give you your birthday present earlier. Here it is. I made it for you. It's this pillow, and it's embroidered with all of these scenes from India on it. Because Becky has been listening to all of Sarah's stories about India. So it's got the mountains, and the river, and like the palm trees, and stuff like that. It's and really cute and it's sweet. so cute and sweet. And if somebody gave me one of those things, I would cry. Yep. But then Becky's like, hey, Sarah, how come you never tell stories anymore? I'm like, damn, Becky, read the room. <laughs> read the attic, Becky. <laughs> it's sad up here. She has lost everything. <laughs> what was she going to tell a story about? <laughs> God. So Becky's like, but Sarah, your stories were keeping me going. Yeah. And Sarah's like, well, too bad because magic isn't real. Yeah. I'm not a princess. Magic's not real. Nothing's real. This is Sarah's dark night of the soul moment. It's... <laughs> I mean, it's rough. It is very sad. So, Becky goes back to her room. And then we see... More chores. Yeah, Yeah, more chores happening. Sarah's outside, poorly raking the leaves while there's an aggressive children's choir playing in the background. And my frogs (laughs) went off when this started playing. And I don't know why, but both of them were just like, croak, 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 croak. They were really into this aggressive children's choir music. Maybe I'll play it more and see if... Ooh, see if they off. like it? How yeah. do you know if they're enjoying it or if they're protesting? I don't know. It's hard to tell. They only have one word that they say, <laughs> and it's croak. It's croak. Yeah. Yeah, so the... I, I feel bad that Becky and Sarah don't even get to work together. No unionizing, bitch. <laughs> I know. I guess. But it's like, you know, they got... Yeah, you Come think on. They would get stuff done faster. Yeah. If, if they they're... could work together. Yeah. But... Oh, well. So the girls are all on walkabout again. Lottie sees Sarah, and she's like, hey, what happened to you? Are you still a princess? And Miss Minchin is like, fuck you, Lottie! Right. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, like Becky had before her, was like, you better get going, or we're both going to get in trouble. Right. And then Miss Minchin's like, move! And then we see that the cook of the house, who I believe is named Mabel, has baked a pie for Mr. Randolph because he's so sad, and his son is missing in action. This is, yeah, you're right. This is where we learn that he is. Yeah. Missing in action. M-I-A. And that is... That's kind of where we put it all together. That's who Captain Crew was carrying, Mm -hmm. is the neighbor's son. Right. He's missing. Captain Crew has died. So, I mean, they definitely were together. Something bad happened to them. Now everybody kind of knows that. Right. And Sarah's sitting in the corner just plucking the feathers out of a dead chicken. yanking them out of there. So at least we know they eat chicken and not just gruel. 
Back to Sarah running another errand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She finds some fish. A uh, little boy is like, here, take this money, because he thinks that she's a little beggar girl. And then... The mom of that little boy is like, don't give your money away. You'll never get rid of them. Because then she tries to give it back. Yeah. And... The mom is like, see? See? Now she's following us. Right. So Sarah's like, all right, well, not now, I guess. I'm going in this bakery, and Fuck I'm going to buy the world's most delicious looking cinnamon roll. I really want a cinnamon roll now. Yeah. It's huge. So she buys this huge cinnamon roll and then, like, sits down on some steps to eat it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she's about to take a bite, she notices that there's, like, this mom and her two kids, well, three kids, because the mom is holding a fucking infant. Yes. Trying to sell flowers on the street, and they're obviously destitute as fuck. Yeah. They're dirty, dirty and, and hungry and sickly. They and look so cold. And yeah. They're trying to sell flowers to people. Yeah. Just on the... So Sarah's like, <sighs> gets up and gives her cinnamon roll to the middle child, and it's really yeah. sweet. And so the older girl, like, yells after her and gives her one of the flowers. Yeah. Because her mom tells her to, you know, I was yeah. like, yeah, it's okay that we take that. Give her a flower. Give it back. Yeah. yeah. Um, which this is the point where I was like, I thought it was the oldest child who was like, would you like to buy a flower? But then in this moment, you realize it's the mom. And I was like, that lady sounds like a child. Oh, she's yeah. Like, flower, sir. Would you like to buy a flower? <laughs> and she's like, give her a vote for the princess. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. When the mom says for the princess, that she was called her princess. the first time that I teared up. <laughs> 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 that part really got me. You know. But Sarah- I also, there's such an opportunity here for the plot to take a turn where Sarah grows up to be gay and then she like marries that girl and they like run off and their <laughs> yeah. wedding is full of yellow roses but anyway yes but then that's not what happens <laughs> that's not what happens as far as we know as far we as don't we know, know. Yeah. but Sarah is walking home and she sees you know the streets have emptied out and she sees she's looking through the window of Mr. Randolph's house and he's just looking so incredibly sad and Ram Dass is just standing there with him talking to him and Sarah's like well you know, I I know how he feels. Yeah. I, too, am sad and have lost someone to the war. Right. And I don't have anything that I can give him that he doesn't already have. But she's got this yellow rose in her hand, and so she puts it in on the door, the door yeah. of his house. And as she's walking away, Ram Dass, like, pushes the curtains away and sees that she has done this. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I don't know where they got those roses. They're they a- really nice roses for... Yeah. Winter in the middle of New York City where there doesn't seem to be a patch of grass. No, they're growing them in a greenhouse somewhere. Like, where did they get them? <laughs> Go stay in the greenhouse. It's probably warmer. <laughs> no kidding. So but. then, yeah, it's bedtime. And Sarah and Becky, we can see our, like, their beds are against the same wall so they can, like, hear each other. Mm-hmm. So they're telling, talking to each other through the wall. And Sarah's like, it's, I'm so fucking cold. And Becky's like, yeah, tell me about India because I imagine that it's warm. Yeah. So Sarah starts telling stories again to help keep Becky warm. Yeah. It was really sweet. It is. And it's good because, like, Becky needs to hear those stories, but Sarah also needs to tell them. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, and she'd lost that for a little bit, but that's her way of getting through things and making herself feel better. So I'm glad that they have each other in this very cold attic. So then this next scene, at first I thought was a dream sequence but a dream sequence yeah but i think it happened um it can be a dream sequence this mention expressly forbade imagining true I not allowed to forgot. dream so it has to be real yeah so sarah's sleeping but the wind blows open that big attic window yeah there's like a nice little sitar playing in the background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she walks out onto her balcony and sees that ram das is also out on his balcony which face each other yep 
And it's snowing. And they're both really excited about the snow. Yeah. Yeah, and Sarah's, like, dancing in it. And she looks so cute. Yeah, she's doing her snow. little spins in the snow. Yeah. This, at this point, I also noticed that uh, Ram Dass's shirt has holes in the armpits. Yeah. Which I'm sure is because it's hot in India. But I was just like, oh, well, I like that this is <laughs> a fashion thing. Yeah, it's a, for ease of deodorant application. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 1914 deodorant. Yeah. It's probably just a piece of charcoal. And you just jam a rose up in there. <laughs> it smells great. Yeah, it's it's a very cute... This is the first, like, positive interaction that we've really seen between the two of them. Yeah. The other ones weren't negative. They're just very neutral or they're just staring at each other. Right. But this one, you know, they, like, share this moment of, like, look how pretty the snow is. You know, even though bad things are happening, like, we can still, like, enjoy this moment of... Yeah. How pretty the snow is together. And we've got a moment to, like, just sit and breathe. Which is cute. And they smile at each other and... Yeah. Then it's great. The next morning we see... That there is a little chimney sweep who falls. And Miss Minchin yells at him for getting soot everywhere. Mm-hmm. He is the cutest little boy. I know. <laughs> soot all over his little face. Miss Minchin's, like, later in the day playing the harp and notices more soot coming down the chimney, even though she already yelled at the chimney sweep to leave. So she's like, what the fuck? So she's, like, looking up mm-hmm. the chimney to see what's going on. And turns out Becky and Sarah are on the roof yes. with a bucket of soot just pouring it down the chimney. Yes, so th- this is probably why they're not allowed to work together, yes. because things like this are... Unionizing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, together strong here. Yeah, this I don't feel like this scene is really like necessary or like adds anything to the story, but it is very sweet that they're working together. There's no like repercussion from it. It's never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she necessarily can prove that Any... it's her. Yeah. But I think... I mean, I think it's important in that it shows, one, you know, that Becky and Sarah's friendship is getting stronger. Yeah. But two, that Sarah is finding things to laugh about again, and she's finding that defiant streak again, where she's right. like, you can't fucking tell me what to do. Right, yeah, you rather know? than being just yeah, like downtrodden. downtrodden. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and then later they're in the kitchen together, and they're... Washing some dishes. Washing dishes together and giggling, and then the milkman, Francis, shows up. And who boy does <laughs> Amelia have the hots for this milkman? So and, cute. And vice versa. I mean, it, this they is can't even talk to each other. Unbridled. Yeah, like Amelia is sitting at the window waiting for him to show up, uh-huh. but then as soon as she sees him, runs away so she can like make an entrance. Right. And then Francis sticks his head in the door, and the first thing that he says is, "Oh, pardon me, is Miss Amelia working? Or is she is she about? You know?" Yeah. And then Amelia's like, "Oh, Francis, I didn't see you there." And it's just like, oh, it's so it's a little bit hard to watch just because it's like it's very cringy but it's cute yeah and they're both just like groaning at each other basically they're both yeah. just like like we both have all these emotions that we don't know what to do with so uh right um, uh, he is so flustered that he leaves with all the milk yeah he has to come has back to come back <laughs> and she's like waiting for him that's very cute and then sarah and becky giggle at this and she's just like hey mm-hmm. shut up get back to washing those dishes work <laughs> The next chore that Sarah has to complete is making a fire in Lavinia's room. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Lavinia has moved into Sarah's old room because she says, this is my room now, which I don't understand Yeah, why Lavinia would suddenly get to move because Lavinia was there before Sarah Yeah, and the room was empty. I, I mean, I almost feel like she probably did it on purpose, like requested to move rooms just as like... A final fuck you. I mean, maybe. Like, Lavinia did? Yeah. Maybe, but it's gonna cost more. 
Yeah. So, I don't know. Or they maybe, weren't paying for it before. Maybe Miss Minchin did it intentionally yeah. as a final fuck you. Oh, that would just be... That's the most plausible. Mm-hmm. But wow, that would be rude. I mean, it is plausible because you could almost imagine her contacting Lavinia's parents and being like, oh, I need to move her into this room and it costs this much now because she's missing That's out true, on trying the to money. cover those yeah. expenses. Yeah, it's just that the room was empty before. Yeah. So she clearly was getting along okay. I mean, she does have costs to cover. You know, the yeah. birthday party that she threw for, you know, it costs money to house a child. But so maybe it's for that reason. But yeah, I, I guess I could see her contacting their parents and making some excuse for having to, or even buttering them up and yeah. being like, don't you want Lavinia to have the best experience, you know, and whatever. But <laughs> she, uh, so anyway. Sarah comes in carrying this wood and, um, Lavinia's like, I'm cold, make a fire quick. Mm-hmm. And Sarah pretends to curse her with like this, which you mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. You remember She's sitting there part. brushing her own hair. And she's like, I wouldn't brush my hair so much if I were you. Bye bye. And <laughs> Lavinia's like, I don't believe in that. And then she gets nervous. Right. She's like, curse. <laughs> what kind of kind of curse are we talking about i mean just theoretically were i to believe what you were saying what exactly does this curse entail not that i do believe it because it's bullshit but just in case the best part is sarah doesn't even make a fire she just like puts wood in there and leaves i know and lavinia is so shook she doesn't even notice she's just like it yeah it's great back into the attic sarah's hanging out with her new mouse friend Mm -hmm. gives him a little treat so that he can be on his way to a nice larue mansion So Sarah's hanging out in the attic with this mouse, and Ermengarde shows up. Yep. To be like, are we not friends anymore? Yeah. You don't talk to me anymore? Yeah. Why not? Are Did I do something wrong? How come we're not friends? And Sarah's like, I didn't think you would want to be friends with somebody like me after all of the things that have happened. And, and then Ermengarde says, well, I'm sure you could do without me, but I couldn't make it without you. Oh. And then Sarah puts a bit of Ermengarde's hair behind her ears and says, I should have known you wouldn't be like the others. Yay. And you know, I don't know that I'm really reading into this anymore. I think Sarah is going to grow up to be gay. Oh, for sure. I mean, a girl just knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you point out in your notes here that Sarah has the breathiest voice you've ever oh, heard. Oh, she does. Yeah. Anytime she's talking, she's like, oh, Ermengarde. I just didn't think that you would want to be friends with me anymore. She's like, uh, okay. Every little girl is a princess. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Very cute. Uh, Bonding. So back to, like, Sarah has kind of, like, with this interaction with Ermengarde, kind of reestablished herself as one of the girls again, even though she, you know, lives in the attic. Yeah, she hears a knock on the boards in between her and Becky's room. Yeah. And Ermengarde's like, oh, God, you know, we're in trouble. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. We have, like, a knock system. Yeah. You know, and one knock means, I don't even remember. But, yeah, basically, you know, they can tell each other, oh, the coast is clear. You know, like, we can hang out. Yeah. And so Becky comes in and Sarah's like, look, Becky, we have visitors. And Ermengarde's like, hey, Becky. And Becky's probably like, hey, bitch. Who the fuck are you? (laughs) You've never spoken to me before. Yeah. That's fine. But. Ermengarde's like, will you please tell us more about Rama yeah. you know, and what happens? And she's like, okay, I will tell you. And she explains that a gazelle comes along and finds Rama in the forest dead and lays down next to him and gives 
his life to Rama so that Rama can live. And right. we see Rama, like, stand up and is alive. And then we're in we the immediately hospital. cut to a hospital where we learn that a man who we thought was John Randolph is laying in this hospital bed. But Mr. Randolph says, that's not my son. Yeah. I don't know who this man is. Right. But Ram Dass is like, listen, this man was with your son. Yes. So if you take care of him, he may wake up and let us know what yeah. happened with John. Yes. Because as far as I know, John's still missing in action. Right. And they're like, oh, we found him. And then he's like, no, 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 I don't know him. But yes. So he's like, hey, maybe he knows where he Yeah, maybe is. John is in a British hospital waiting for somebody to, you know, come save him. So if you mm-hmm. save this man, that will get you maybe closer to your son. Yeah. Yeah, his the the patient mm-hmm. who at this point we're supposed to pretend like we don't know that it's Captain Crew, but because you know, his face is all covered up because he was exposed to gas. Yeah, and we, know, are we know. not supposed to know? Because I mean, it's also that direct parallel of oh, the gazelle laid down his right. rifle for Rama, and then well, they don't know. I guess that's the point. Yeah. Right, but I mean, we know. Yeah, we all know, and it's exciting. He's not dead. Yay! <laughs> he ain't dead. He's not dead. So the next day. Miss Minchin is all dressed up to go somewhere for some reason. To the bank. Oh, I missed that part. Obviously. Oh, yeah. She explains to Amelia the plumber is coming. Oh, yeah. If the plumber comes while I am at the bank, explain to him yeah. the problem, but don't babble on for an hour about it with him. Just don't hit on him, she says. She's just being <laughs> mean to her again, you know, yeah. treating her like a child, you know, that she can't get things done or whatever. But she's like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. So the next scene is really fun. So, Ms. Minjin leaves, and all the girls are, like, waiting for her to leave, mm-hmm. because they obviously have this plan. Yes, they're just standing there in the hallway, and they're like, hello, Miss Minjin, and then she walks ten feet, and then she's like, goodbye, Miss Minjin, <laughs> and she's like, okay, thank you, bye-bye. Yeah. And then they all, like, scurry away. So, the plan begins with Lottie screaming upstairs mm-hmm. again, as she has before, because it severely upsets Amelia, so yes. she will be very distracted. Mm-hmm. So, while Amelia is distracted... The rest of the girls break into Miss Minchin's office. Yes, like three of them. Yeah. And they're looking for Sarah's locket. Yes. We see Miss Minchin walking down the street, putting on her gloves, and realizes that she forgot a glove. Mm-hmm. So, drama. She turns around. She's got to go back and get her gloves. She doesn't oh look God. stupid with no, one glove on. She, yeah. She can't be seen. Her hands exposed. Exactly. Plus, also, it's dirty. It's probably cold. Yeah. <laughs> cold. She actually could use some gloves. <laughs> So Amelia is, like, asking Sarah to help her calm Lottie down. Ermengarde finds the locket. Mm-hmm. As Miss Minchin is coming in the front door, she's, like, walking up. They're all in the office, like, scurrying around. And Miss Minchin walks into, about to walk into her office. Yeah, is, like, opens messing her with door. the door handle. Yeah. Opens the door just a bit. And all the girls are, like, frozen in place. Yeah. And Becky is, like, watching all of this happen. So she just screams. Yes. To make Miss Minchin stop. <laughs> And as she's, this feels very like the scene in Super Mario Brothers where they like confuse all the Goombas by making them dance. Yeah. And then they just like sneak out behind them. Yeah. And they don't see them for some reason. Right. Yeah. Because when Becky screams, Miss Minchin stops and yeah, all the just... girls like sneak out the open door right behind her and yes. she somehow doesn't see them. Becky's just like, I, 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 for so long, yes. and this mentioned just looking at her, like, any second she's gonna say whatever it is. Right. And she's, you know, once all the girls escape. Yes. She says, I thought I saw a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, okay. 
And then the minute that the girls leave the office, Lottie stops screaming, too. Yep. And just, <laughs> she just skips down the house. <laughs> and Amelia, this scene is really cute, too. I mean, this, I think this interaction has just broken Amelia. Yes. One, she's just been yelled at by her sister for the b- billionth time, probably right. that day. Yeah. You know, just like, hey, you're an idiot. You can't handle anything. I have to spell everything out for you. And then this child is screaming. For no reason. For no reason. And then stops screaming for seemingly no reason. Right. And just walks past her like everything's fine. And Amelia's just like, I can't do this anymore. She sits, sits down, down on the stairs. On the stair landing. And Sarah sits next to her. And Amelia's like, I don't like kids. I'm not good at this job. I hate my sister. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm being terrible. I'm going to die in this house. Because what, what else am I going to do? Yeah. And Sarah's like, you could run away with Francis. Amelia's like, what? <laughs> How dare you? She's, yeah, she's like a little bit offended. For a second. She's like, excuse me? And yeah, Sarah's like, second. I mean, you like him, right? And it's obvious that he, he likes, likes you, you. And you guys could get out of here. Amelia's like, yeah. You could get away from your sister and you could yes. just live your fantasy with this young milkman, she says. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, She fills Amelia's head. With mm-hmm. all of these... All of her imaginings. Yeah. And Sarah's like, anyway, bye, gotta go. And Amelia <laughs> just sits on the stairs, like, in a haze, like, oh, what have I did to that? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Sarah says, so I gotta go to the market. Yes. I... As she's walking out of the house to go to the market... Oh, no. Fucking Randolph pulls up in his carriage... Yeah. ...and gets out the mystery man, <laughs> who is clearly Captain Crew. Yeah. But she's walking past the carriage as they get out of it to get into the house, and I fucking hate dramatic irony. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. He's so close. He's right there. Yeah. He's right there. He's next door. <laughs> he's so close. I think in this moment, though, is where we learn that he has amnesia. Or yeah. did we learn earlier? I think earlier. That. But, yeah. We don't know this man. He's got amnesia. He doesn't see. know who he is. Right. So... Anyway, so then we go to the attic. Uh, Becky is like covering up Sarah's eyes and she's like, we have a surprise for you. And then when Sarah opens her eyes, all the girls are up there. There's like five of them, I think, including Ermengarde and Lottie. Mm-hmm. And they all tell her like, <laughs> it's so cute. They like pass it to each other, but they're like holding the locket. And, yeah. You know, we don't, she doesn't know what it is yet, but they're like passing it and they're like, Princess Sarah, we'd like to present you with something. They're like taking turns talking about how it was like a journey. Most dangerous adventure. Yes, perilous and all that. And they're like, but we've brought you this locket. And Sarah's just so grateful. And she says, you are all the best friends anyone could ever ask for. <sighs> My heart. <sighs> so sweet. And then... <laughs> The monkey monkey. (laughs) appears out of nowhere. (laughs) They all scream. Yeah. And it turns out uh, Hanuman, is the monkey's name, Yes, has been visiting from next door. Yeah. And he just hangs out with Sarah sometimes, and so she introduces him to all the girls. There's like, he's just my friend. Which, I can't imagine. I mean, these girls already pretty much worship Sarah. Yeah. You know, they're like, she is a princess, and she's so nice, and she's so funny and interesting, and like, we all like her so much. Yeah. And then, you know, they call her Princess Sarah, and then she's just like... Oh, this just a monkey. He's just my friend. Yeah. And they're just like, is there nothing you can't do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's very cute. So. So. But all the, when all the girls scream because they see the monkey. Yes. Miss Minchin hears. Yes. Um, at the same time, Lavinia is in her room brushing her hair and notices how much hair has come out into her hairbrush. Uh Uh-huh. And she faints. Yep. Which is just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not really that important to the story, but it is a hilarious sidebar. Nope. Yes. 
Uh, Hanuman returns next door as Miss Minchin is coming into the attic and sees all of the girls in there. Mm-hmm. But Sarah tries to take the blame for it. She's like, oh, I invited them all here. It's my yeah. fault. Don't get mad at them. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Minchin says, you know, everybody to your rooms. I'll deal with you later. But she tells Becky, you have to spend the next day locked in your room and you get no food. And Sarah, you have to do all of her chores and you also get no food. Yes. For the whole day. It's time you learn, Sarah Crew, that real life has nothing to do with your little fantasy games. Do you understand? <sighs> and she says, yes. Yes. But I don't believe you. Mm. All girls are princesses. Mm. She does go, you know, on to explain how all girls are princesses. Every girl is a princess, even one wearing rags, even one's locked you know, up in attics, even yeah. if you're not young or pretty or liked and this very pointedly just looking Miss Minchin in the eyeballs at this point. Yeah. Even if your name is Maria Minchin and you run a school for girls <laughs> in New York City, I'm just spitballing here. Who knows who I'm talking about? All of us are princesses. And then she says, didn't your father ever tell you that? Oh. Miss Minchin just squeezes out some fucking bitter tears as she yes. storms out of the attic. She gets her. At this point I wrote, Damn, this feminist manifesto slaps. Hell yeah, it does. Because, you know, not to go off on a diatribe, but the idea of princess is so, like, feminized and is something that, like, could imply being put on a pedestal, which is the thing that we all know we don't want to be done to us. Right. But the way that she explains what a princess is, is like, every girl is a princess. Yeah. No matter who you are or where you are in life, everyone is worthy of love and care and protection and and it's just really sweet it is yeah so then miss Minchin leaves and becky comes back into sarah's room and she's like what are we gonna do a whole day without food we're gonna starve and die yeah. sarah's like no you are my sister and i have always thought of us as sisters and i'm gonna take care of you and, and we should always take care of each other look out for each other let's make a promise right now that we'll always look out for each other yes and becky's like oh absolutely 100 percent." so then they have a hook style dinner imagination party where they are like well we'll just pretend like we're having a banquet basically yeah look at that table over there and tell me what you see on it and becky's like nothing yeah and she's like no come on come on come on, come on. you can do it what what becky's like a muffin muffins <laughs> she's <laughs> like yeah, yeah good what kind of muffins and she's like literally every kind of muffin you've ever heard of and then sarah's like oh but i'm not dressed for such an elegant banquet and i was like bitch it's just muffins that's a panera bread like, it's <laughs> not that exciting but little miss muffet you gotta get your fucking tuffet on or it's whatever. true I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. but so they start imagining what they're wearing and all the other things that are on the table Ooh, can you smell those sausages and they're i'm wearing this cape with fur on it i've always liked diamonds yes that's very sweet it is so they're just you know being little girls and thinking up all this food and uh ram das was just watching through the window man needs a hobby <laughs> he does like... it is it's sweet though because he he keeps catching her doing really kind things for other people yes which is the point of it but every now and then i'm like bro <laughs> Yeah. Go read a book. Learn to play chess. <laughs> right. Okay? Do something. <sighs> so Sarah falls asleep after getting her fill of sausages and muffins, I guess. <laughs> um, and has a dream that Rama has saved the princess. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up in a bedroom just decorated with all the shit from India. Yes. 
full of clothes and food and hot sausages. Yes. <laughs> Everything you could ever want. I mean, it really is pretty. You know, there's, it's just, this scene, especially as a child, I was just like, yeah. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, this room is made, it's fit for a princess. You know, yeah. they're laying on these silk sheets, which I was like, how did he change their sheets while they were it's sleeping? It's magic. It's magic. This is, I mean, obviously they're, they've talked about magic this whole movie, but this is the first instance of like mm-hmm. explicit magical something has happened. I do wish that there was a little, I do wish it was a little more explicitly like, Ramdas is a magical person. Right. He has magic. I mean, yes. it's implied because yes. they're like, oh, clearly he did. But like, maybe he didn't do it. Are they just imagining it? Because Becky wakes right. up Right, or is says, it their magical thinking? Yeah. yeah. Just, I think you took it a little too far there, Sarah. And yeah. Sarah's like, I didn't do this. This is not me. Like, I, this is beyond my powers. But it's just so pretty. Just like the cloth yeah. hanging from the ceiling and like there's sunflowers. Everything's just like this really, you know, beautiful gold and like green colors and yeah, hot sausages and muffins and orange juice and... It's, it's really sweet. You know, the, like, princess brunch that I, as a small child... I'm not going to speak for every little girl, but I, as a small child, like was always like, hell yeah, that was my... I mean, if I woke up in, like... Aesthetic. A room decorated like that, I would be like... Even now. I smoked too much weed yesterday. <laughs> but this is tight. <laughs> but I'm going to roll with it and yeah. hope that these sausages that I'm eating are not something else. Hopefully they're vegetarian. <laughs> I did think Becky said, I feel like I've been touched by an angel. It was such a funny line. Yeah. Like, All right. Okay. Sure. Anyway, so then we see Ram Dass take a break from <laughs> observing this brunch party happening. Right. To go talk to Captain Crew for a little bit. And this is where, where he, calls him he calls him Sahib. Yeah. And Captain Crew is like, I've definitely heard that word but i don't know what it means yeah and ramdas is like oh have you been to india he's and he, like, he almost says yes but then he's like i don't think I it's like i don't know everything's all jumbled up in there right and then ramdas just continues watching them have a feast <laughs> listen there's a lot of things i get it yeah you know i get it but kids if you're listening to this podcast first of all don't please you should not be turn it off where are your parents second of all if a grown person is paying this much attention to you that you're not related to. Just remove yourself. <laughs> tell tell a grown-up that you are related to. Yeah. Just say, hey. Just, they should know. If there is an old man showering you with gifts while you're asleep. <laughs> please. Yeah. Tell an adult. <laughs> tell an adult. Alright, so the next scene is my favorite. Yes! <laughs> I had completely forgotten yeah. about this subplot and it is so delightful so Minchin is leaving again she's going to lock the door oh yeah she's going to just bed she's just night. locking the doors mm-hmm. yeah which <laughs> this is the part where i wrote this bitch truly does not observe the world around her no. she just walks looking straight forward she didn't see those four children walking behind her when they left her office right and now she doesn't see amelia hiding behind a glass door holding <laughs> two fully dressed giant suitcases. giant hat on her head yeah. she just like whoop. <laughs> and then she walks right past her and then turns around and walks right back yep doesn't so see. we see amelia was planning on going out the front door she got her two suitcases packed she's dressed she's ready to go and then here comes miss Minchin, locks the door yeah. takes the key with her amelia's like well shit what How do i do, I do get out now we got to Francis, who was outside trying to whistle at her. You know how to whistle, don't you? <laughs> you just put your lips together and blow. You just stick your fingers in your mouth and... <laughs> <laughs> then he goes, Yoo-hoo! 
He's not being sneaky. No. But he doesn't realize that the door is locked, and so Amelia's, like, trying to figure out how to get out of the house. And he's, like, worried that she's not coming. Yeah, you, you can know? see on his face that he's like, oh, no. You know, she's not actually coming. But then, <laughs> there she is at the window, and she's like, hey, I'll be, I'll be right there. Just, just one second. She chucks her suitcases. No kind of heads up. Just <laughs> launches that suitcase out the window. Not hits sneaky. him square in the chest. Yes. <laughs> And then she just throws herself out the window. <laughs> she does it again. She throws the other suitcase, which this is on him. He should be prepared for the second one. Another one's coming. Yeah. And then, yes, launches herself out the window. But he breaks her fall. It's fine. It's fine. They obviously, I mean, they show the carriage just going away, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And they get to go off and be happy together. Oh, it's so cute. And we just never see them again. And, and it's, she's never mentioned. Godspeed. Yeah. yeah. Miss Minjin is never like, where the fuck is Amelia? Nope. <laughs> well. She has a lot to deal with. Yeah, there's other shit going on. Here in the next few minutes. I guess the implication is that she went and locked the door and then she went in her office and was like, I'm gonna look at the locket so I can feel I good about how think shitty so. I am. Yeah, she's just like, I'm just gonna hold it. Or, and realizes and then, that it's gone. Yeah, that it must be. And I mean, unless she went to go look in that drawer for something else and realized that it wasn't in there. Oh, yeah. But I mean, this late at night, I feel like she truly was just like, I'm just gonna sit in. Plus, I like to imagine that she's just the worst person ever so yeah. i think yeah that she just went in to go look at it and gloat about how she stole it from a child so she once she realizes it's missing she runs up to the attic and sees all of the indian decor mm -hmm. that has appeared yeah and you know sarah's like i don't know i just woke up and it was all here and miss minchin is like no obviously you're a thief and you stole it all right which i mean when did she have time when and from where <laughs> But that's obviously more believable than it just appeared. I just woke up and all this stuff was in True. my room. So she calls her a thief and just like steals her locket again and then goes and calls the police. Yeah. And she's <laughs> this part is sad but also kind of funny because she's screaming. Sarah is screaming like I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't steal any of it. On the door. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. And then we see Captain Crew across the way just fucking shuts that window. the window because he's like he's like ma'am i have an eternal headache like i have please shut up that child god but then he pulls his bandages off yeah he's like heads i gotta downstairs. see what the fuck is going on yeah so it starts raining of course oh obviously and becky you know comes over into her room and is like oh what's going on mm -hmm. you know and sarah's like i have to leave the cops are coming yeah i gotta get out of here and they look out the window and this fucking carriage pulls up these cops clown car their way out of it because the, we need 10 cops to arrest a 10-year-old girl. Yeah, sure, like they do. I mean, cops have always been bastards. It's not a new thing. Exactly. <laughs> so Becky and Sarah find a board and they place it from Sarah's window to the neighbor's window. And yeah. she's just going to walk across she it. She says, I can do it. It's fine. Becky's like, you're going to die. And she's like, nah, I got this. It's, it's I mean, I got to do it. Yeah. yeah. And she... she just starts walking. I would be crawling across that board if somebody made She's in me. a hurry. I would be crawling yeah. and not walking, but I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, I'll go to jail. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm. And dry. And, and they'll probably be ground. Me. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're high up. It's the attic. But yeah, so she's like out on the board. It's raining. It's wobbly. The cops break into the attic. Miss Minchin tries to reach out and grab her mm -hmm. and almost pulls her off of the board. Of course. And throws her onto the ground. Right. Well, she looks upset. She... She looks like she doesn't want her to get hurt, but she also looks like she wants right. her to die. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, well, she's like, stop her. Get her back in here. But then she's like, oh, God, I, I almost just killed a child. Yeah. So then, of course, the board, like, slips. Mm -hmm. 
But Sarah catches herself on the windowsill. Yeah, she's had a lot of time in that attic to like do some do some yeah. curls, do some cr- pull ups. She's got <laughs> some, a lot of upper body some strength. Crunches. Yeah, well that too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta have all that. It's slippery, I and she think. hauls her ass up there and climbs on through Mr. Randolph's window, which is just it's just open. Open. I, I mean. If you're, like, sitting in your house and you're, like, listening to it raining and you're like, oh my god, it's so nice. I love sitting inside listening to them. Oh, fuck, my car windows are open. <laughs> yes. So probably, like, you know, there's, like, 40 stories to this house. It's I'm true. sure they leave windows open all the time. So, you know, they see her get in the window, the cops and Miss Minchin. Right. And Miss Minchin's like, go get her and take this one with you. Yeah. And, like, just hands Becky to them for know, whatever take- reason. And the cop's just like, okay. <laughs> sure, lady. Yeah. I'll take this child also as well who has done nothing and is working for you for free what are you gonna do clean your own fucking house <sighs> not likely doubt it says, okay. so into the neighbor's house sarah because sarah has made it through the window mm-hmm. she's sneaking downstairs and she overhears captain crew talking to ron doss and says sometimes when i dream i sense a part of me is missing it's a strange feeling having your heart remember something your mind cannot so the police are fucking knocking on the door in yeah. this dramatic moment. Yeah. Sarah, like, runs into another room. Ram Dass does see her, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And he's cool. because of the storm, I suppose, the power goes out. Yeah, we actually, we see, like, lightning hit the top yeah. of the house, zaps it for a little bit. Yeah, so all the power goes out. All the cops are like, oh, where the, 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 oh, it's dark. Mm-hmm. So, oh, no. And she's like, Get up in the attic. She's just taking command of these police officers in another man's house. And she's yeah. like, search all the rooms. And, like, Mr. Randolph's like, what? what? <laughs> he's like, there's a girl in here. And he's like, probably. Unlawfully. Probably not. In your house. Stealing things as we speak. Yeah. So Sarah has snuck into, like, an office room. Yeah. Where there is a fire. Yes. Captain Crew is sitting by the fire, but they can't really, like, see each other because lights are off. And, right. But he hears her and he's like, oh, Hello? Why are you crying? Yeah. Who are you? She, like, hides in the corner, and she's just like, it's too much for her, you know? All this. Yeah. I mean, she just almost died. died. Yeah. yeah. So, she's just sitting in the corner with her head down, crying. And he's, you know, why are you crying? I won't, I won't hurt you. I won't, you know, I, I just, won't you please just tell me your name? Yeah. And then she says, it's Sarah. And he's like, oh, Sarah, that's such a beautiful name. I really like that name. I wonder why I like that name. Sarah? It's weird. You know, I think if I ever had children, I would name them Sarah. That's a good, it's <laughs> a good one. Solid. So know? then the power comes back on and suddenly they can like see each other. Yeah. And she realizes that it's her dad. Yep. And he's been there the whole fucking time. Oh, goddamn time. <sighs> but, you know, she reaches out to grab him and is like papa it's me yeah and he but he still doesn't remember her ma'am yeah and is like (laughs) mad dumb to like keep her (laughs) off but she's like screaming and crying and the cops come in yes and tear her away from him yes back out into the rain fucking lies because she's met captain crew yes she looks him dead in the face and then goes this child has no father she's lying yes it's just like bitch you could get your money, too. Like, yeah. I don't understand her right. motivation at this point is just purely evil. I, I think she's just lost it. I think yeah. she's just, like, seeing red where she's like, this child has stolen from me. And she is just recently, like... Making a fool of me. Yeah. And, was yeah. like, made me cry. Made yeah. me cry my own tears. My own tears. <laughs> for free. I'm the one who makes people cry. <laughs> for free. So, yeah. Obviously, Captain Crew is, like, upset by this. Yeah, he's like, this little girl is 
screaming at me and calling me papa yeah and and he's like confused and emotional and and she's being carried out taken away by the police ram das just walks in the room and just stares at him so intensely yes sorry i'm banging on the table it's fine he's just like you know you know because ram das clearly doesn't know who he is no but he's just like something is going on here yes. and he's just like come on dude you can do it come on some there's she's saying that she's your kid is she your kid come on and then he suddenly Get those remembers gears turning yeah it all comes back to him at once yes and, and so, so he then, runs out into the rain yes sarah's being like stuffed in this thing and he's just like sarah and i was like oh my god he remembered just in time yeah right before she got thrown in the clink <laughs> a lot of crying going on this moment. Yeah, this one really got me. Yes. Because it's so, I mean, the timing, obviously, so dramatic. It's raining. She's just begging him to remember her. Yeah. He runs out at the last minute and grabs her up and, you know, she finally feels safe again. Like, her whole world was about to end. Right. But I mean, before that, you know, she's been through all of this where she's been screamed at and called a thief for something that she didn't do. And now she's going to jail for something, you know, for something yeah. that she didn't do. She almost died because she went through this really perilous thing that she did. And she sees her father, who she thought was dead this whole time. Right. And she's like, oh, thank God I'm saved. And then immediately he's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Ah! Oh, my God. But then, yeah, for him to remember all at once. And he's just like, oh, God, just crushing her. And then Becky runs up, too. And he's just like, okay, he's I'll like, hug oh, this I'll kid. also hug too. this child, That's whatever. Fine. Cops are just like, what the fuck is going on? The cops are all just standing around, and Miss Minchin just fucking slinks away (laughs) like a rat. (laughs) Just makes herself scarce. She's like, there's no winning in this situation. She doesn't even like, oh, Captain Crew, I didn't even recognize you. I thought you were dead. She she just leaves. She just goes, I'm just gonna, I cannot wiggle my way out of this one, so I'm gonna go. So then, yeah, we get this epilogue. The school has been renamed. It's now the John Randolph. Or maybe it just says Randolph. Yeah, school. I think it's the Randolph School for Girls. Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Randolph has presumably purchased it. Mm-hmm. It's under new management here. I assume that he is not teaching all of these. I mean, maybe he was a teacher. Girls. Know, yeah, but, who knows? Yeah. But we learned that Captain Crew got all of his money and all of his shit back. Mm-hmm. And they never tell us why it was gone. But hey, he got it back. Not important. I mean, it would probably be boring for... 10 year old children anyway i guess to be like oh i see the forfeiture and the assets and like (laughs) i don't know what they're talking about right (laughs) so and then we see that sarah and becky are leaving the school together yes sarah's like i have a present for you guys yeah all the girls are there to tell them bye i'm gonna leave emily with you and tells them the same thing that her dad told her you know she can she'll always you know be with you because of this and if you hug her then it's like you're hugging me she does the hug spell yeah yeah boo. Yep. and then she hugs Ermengarde mm-hmm. and then we look over and we see Lavinia standing there looking like a bitch but then she hugs her she hugs it Lavinia hugs Sarah and then Sarah's like ha look you have all your hair she twirls her hair yeah well because she's like hey look hey! your hair didn't fall out <laughs> see I was just kidding I was kidding about that spell your hair didn't fall out look it's still there flirt i love you <laughs> call me later and then you see that miss Minchin is a chimney sweep now which this is a little over the top but it is yeah right so nice it is wonderful irony that is 
a half step too far. Chef's kiss. But we love it. Yeah. Especially because she's being bossed around by this little six-year-old child that she previously yelled at. And she's like, when do I get my break? <laughs> it's very silly. It is quite silly. And that's the end. That's it. I really wanted just, like, one more scene of them being happy in India. Yeah. Just seeing, I don't know, like, Sarah and Becky, like, doing something yeah, in Yeah, hanging India. out with that little boy. Yeah, and everything being okay. Becky getting to see, like, all the places that she talked about, you yeah. know, like, look at this elephant. He's just my friend. Yeah. He just lives here in this... But that's okay. It's fine. We, You can imagine it, Bucket right. Snake. I mean, I would watch a sequel where it's just everything is fine. <laughs> just them hanging out in India. Yeah. And Sarah and Lavinia are exchanging letters. And... <laughs> Ermengarde gets jealous. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's the end. That's the end. It was great. It, it was a very good movie. was. And is. And I cried. Me too. So Not as much. much as you, but... Yeah. It got me. It's just, it's just... Woof. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but is it a replay or a rewind? Oh, a replay for sure. Yeah. I definitely. kind of want to... I want... Um, I was telling Kate that we were doing this movie, and she mentioned really liking it, but having not seen it since she was a kid either, and I really want to watch it with her. And just watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I was because thinking I, the same thing. I think that she would really appreciate it, and probably there are a lot of themes in it that if you haven't seen it since you were a kid that you would have missed and you would appreciate as yeah. an adult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just want to hear her, Kate, if you're listening, I just want to hear you go off about the economic bullshit that's happening in <laughs> World War One. God, one scene from World War One, and she'll just be off <laughs> talking for 45 minutes. And oh, I love it. I see. <laughs> so yes, it's a, it's a replay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do I need to ask you if it made you cry? Not in this month. I think <laughs> I think we got it. I think we're good. Yeah, uh, but yes, yes, it did. Uh, same. It made, it made me cry. Not fifteen minutes ago when we were talking about it. That's true. Yeah. So it was released uh, May tenth, nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. It. You had previously said that when something is rated G, it doesn't have an explanation, but this was rated G for violence and drug use. Yeah. Well, I've learned now that when you watch them on Amazon, when you pause it, it shows up in the corner. It tells oh. you the rating and why. Interesting. So I've been writing those down just because I always think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it says violence, which I get. There's a whole war happening. Yes. And drug use, which I don't get. Yeah, where are the where drugs? Where in the movie... <laughs> where are the drugs? <laughs> where are the drugs? <laughs> I don't know. It just said violence and drug use. Interesting. Um, Especially because if you go on IMDb, it breaks down for parents. It breaks down by... Th- are there sexual scenes? Right. Are there violent scenes? Yeah, which and... which types of themes are you okay with your kid dealing with right now? Exactly. At their stage in life, yeah. Well, and, like, what are the instant spells them out? You yeah. Know, so you know. And under drug and alcohol use, it says nothing. Huh. So I have no idea where Amazon got the idea that... I don't even remember anybody smoking. No. Same. So I don't know. Maybe it's because they're in a hospital. The implication <laughs> of taking medicine. And we know in 1914... The medicine was just drugs. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. The budget was $17 million and it only made $10 million. Yes. Which, th- this is another movie where it just, like, gained popularity as time went on. Right. Yeah, once they released it for home theater, you know, on VHS and Laserdisc, everybody was like, oh, this movie actually slaps. Right. But in the theaters... It just didn't do very well. Right. But the critical reception was really good. It was nominated for a couple Academy Awards. Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes score, even today, is still 97%. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's beloved. So, I found this quote from Alfonso Cuaron, the director, talking about how it was a flop. 
And he said, well, first, they congratulate you. And everybody's very happy about that. Yeah. But then there's always the whole thing of people coming and just saying, oh, it's a pity that it didn't make money. Hollywood has this passive-aggressive thing of being nice. Oh, it was a beautiful film. Isn't it a pity that it didn't perform? Why didn't you just say, I like your film? You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he pointed that out. Yes, (laughs) true. It's like, did you say that you like it? Move on. He mentions a couple times in that interview that he's like, yeah, it didn't make money, but like... It was well-received, and that's all I care about. Yeah, people like it. Yeah. People remember me for it. I got good jobs from it, because it was, like, his big... His first big movie in America. Right. Because he's from Mexico. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't... You've probably heard of him, even if you haven't heard of him. Yeah. Just because he's done a lot of... Since then, he did Mama Tambien, uh, Gravity, and then Children of Men. And he also directed Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. the Harry Potter movie, which this is... What I was going to say earlier when you were talking about, oh, he should have built a big puppet. Yeah. Because he was very adamant in Prisoner of Azkaban that they built a giant hippogriff. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Because they wanted him to have something to interact with. Yeah. And to make it, is he, he knows that maybe it's because he made this movie and maybe. he's like, mm, puppet would have been way better. Yeah. Although, I mean, in this one, like a puppet would have been pretty impractical it's not like it's the main focus or a character really it's just like yeah i mean there's like 45 seconds you know that we see ravana so it's not that right yeah it. but you know maybe he was looking back on this movie and was like hmm, puppets i think from now on puppets are a great idea <laughs> um but he also really loved this movie when he's talking about it he says that's the one i love as i said i never see my films after they are finished which i think is very interesting but also makes sense i think you'd be like you know it's out of my hands and someone else has edited it and changed it now. I'm not... Yeah. I know what it looks like in my brain. Yeah. I did but, everything I could. Yes. Yeah. He says, my memories of it and everything is a little princess. So, sorry. I cut that quote in half. This is the one I love, my memories of it and everything, is a little princess. If I would rescue one of my movies, it would be a little princess. Yeah. Which I just think is so sweet. I think so, too. And he's talking about it. He says, everything you see, you're seeing from the point of view of the girl. That's reflected with the height of the cameras. You're always over her shoulder, never over the shoulder of another character. We wanted to go into her perception when she has those acts of compassion. I remember doing it with a lot of conviction. I remember that everything was green. I was kind of obsessed with that color at that period of my life. The costume, the sets, everything. Yeah, it, they point out a couple in a couple other sources, too, that, like, everything is green and yellow because it is so, like, the colors of India. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I noticed that he did that I really liked is in scenes where she is standing up to Miss Minchin, when the camera focuses on Sarah, it kind of, like, is at her face height and then drops down so that she gets taller. Yeah. And then with Miss Minchin, it is at her face height and then goes up so that Miss Minchin gets shorter. Liked that a lot. This happens a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I think they put a lot of thought into, like, every part of this movie. Mm-hmm. When um, Koran was... He had done, like, one movie, one big-ish movie, like, in Mexico, which was very for adults, and he directed, like, one episode of some TV something Mm -hmm. in America, and he was hired to work on something for Warner Brothers, but then he saw this script, and he was like, I want to do this. Yeah. And his motivation, he had only read half the script before he, like, went to Warner Brothers and was like, no, give me this one instead, but his motivation was like, I want to make a movie for my son. Yeah. You know, because his son was 10 at the time. Yeah. And in this movie. Right. He was the chimney sweep. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I just think that it's very obvious that he knew that this was for children and from the perspective of children, you know, and he wanted to make it 
appeal to kids and not talk down to them. Yes. You know, because he had a 10-year-old kid, so he wasn't, like, imagining what kids would like. <laughs> right. He's like, I know. I know what my son likes, and I know what I would like for him to hear and, right. like, grow up. Yeah. Which I think you have Roger Ebert's review here, obviously, because we always do. Yes. And I think that that, if you want to read that, like, I think that that yeah. kind of reflects that as well. So Ebert loved the movie. Good. Just like everyone else. Yes. And a couple things that he said that I thought were very poignant. He said, Imagination is a precious gift, and too many films hammer it down into submissiveness. Children sit transfixed before films and TV shows that substitute action for fancy. Cartoon characters fly through space and blast one another endlessly, providing kids with the impression of a story without the substance. Movies like A Little Princess and The Secret Garden, which, by the same author, Mm -hmm. contain a sense of wonder and a message. The world is a vast and challenging place through which a child can find its way with pluck and intelligence. It is about a girl who finds it more useful to speak French than to fire a ray gun, which the concept of a ray gun in this movie is just silly, but... (laughs) But he went on to say, I know there are more kids this season who want to see Judge Dredd or Die Hard with a Vengeance or the new Batman movie than kids who want to see A Little Princess, and I feel sorry for them. Like, all right, petty Roger Ebert. (laughs) Yell at these 10-year-old kids. Right. It's not their (laughs) fault. Right. He's right, though. Yeah, and while we're on the topic of reviews... I want to read this other review that I found from bitchesgetriches.com. Love it. (laughs) In which they call A Little Princess an intersectional feminist masterpiece. Yes. Which is something that, you know, I picked up on watching it as an adult. But as a kid, I don't think that I realized at all. No. You know, that this girl was being anything other than just like a brave little girl. Right. So they say, talking about the way the movie ends, where Captain Crew, you know, kind of sweeps in, saves the day, takes Becky. Yeah. They say, I suppose you could interpret this ending as colonialism solving colonialism. The white imperialist gentleman rides in on a fucking horse and solves everyone's problems by throwing his blood money at it. But I think you should shut up because that's fucking joyless. (laughs) This is a G-rated children's film with elements of fantasy and magical realism. It's not going to dig deeply enough into the themes of war, poverty, class, race, and imperialism to satisfy adult tastes. That said, I think Sarah is a fantastic example of how inspiring and intersectional a privileged character can be. Throughout the film, she moves from passively powerful to downtrodden to actively powerful. At each stage, she makes the most generous and ethical choices she has the ability to make. And as far as 10-year-old girls in gigantic bows go, Sarah Crew is a certified badass. Yes. (laughs) She is. She's just... Yeah. No, I love that whole interpretation of her because it's true. There are so many times where she could just shut down and be like, fuck everybody. You know, like we talked about, like... I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. Like, uh, everything bad has just happened to me. Right. But she still tries to make everybody's world around her better. Because well, that's just yeah. And, and, you know, when she gives the shoes to Becky in the beginning, she is doing it with the right intention. Yes. But it isn't a big sacrifice to her personally. Right. But even when, you know, she doesn't have food and she gets to buy a cinnamon roll because somebody gave her money on the street, she's yeah. still making, you know this big moral decision yep that is still the right decision even in that situation so it just speaks a lot to like yeah who her character is no matter the situation yeah absolutely so and to the fact that i just thought about this the fact that she never mentions the shoes to becky again either you know she's not like oh did you like those she right seemingly gets nothing you know there's no like oh, I feel good now that I've done this. She just, she gives it to her and she doesn't think about it again because she's like, you know. Yeah, that was just the right thing to do and I didn't do it for any other reason than that. Yeah, they never come up again, which is the way that it should be because she's just like, no, I just gave them to her. 
Yeah, I already liked this movie when mm-hmm. I watched it, but then, yeah. like, reading other people's reviews and interpretations of it just, like, solidified it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to... I'm really interested to know, and I am I might sit down and watch it, but this is a remake of a 1939 Shirley Temple movie. Right. Which was based on a book that came out in originally in 1887. So I kind of want to watch them... I want to watch that one especially and see, because I, I've never actually watched anything with Shirley Temple in it. Oh, I've only seen... Um... Annie. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like she's usually pretty goofy. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, you know, it's silly. It's not heavy like this one is. Like, I I imagine that the 1939 Shirley Temple version of this movie is not sad. I don't know, though. And she doesn't lay down in a chalk circle and cry. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe not, but... I mean, Annie is sad. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never... Anytime I see Shirley Temple, it's just very much like she's being happy and silly, and so I don't know... I mean, actually, now that I think about it, Annie is a very similar character to sarah where she's in an orphanage but she right. like makes the best of it yeah yeah so i mean Shirley temple is probably a good choice you should watch it okay <laughs> but i do know you know obviously i read the synopsis and so in that movie there's a couple different changes like she is in a writing lesson mm. and there's her teacher and there's also the writing instructor who clearly like each other and she convinces them to run off together oh, that's cute. and then Actually, I think she just convinces them to be together, and yeah. then once Miss Minchin finds out that they have started dating, they both get fired. Oh. And then he ends up going off to the war. Oh, no. But he comes back, and he's fine. There's no Becky character at all, hmm. and Sarah never stops believing that her father is alive. Like, she is told that her father has died, but she's like, no, I think yeah. he's alive somewhere. But then it pretty much follows the rest of the story. They have Captain Crew in this hospital. He doesn't know who he is and the only thing that he can say is the name Sarah. Aww. And they're like, we don't know who you are and we don't know who Sarah is. There are many Sarahs. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of them out there. Can you narrow it down? Yeah. But that's all he can say. And then things just keep getting worse at Miss Minchin's school so finally Sarah runs away and she runs to the hospital and that's where she finds her dad. And they are reunited there. Yeah. And she's like, it's me! And then he remembers everything. Right. So pretty much the same story. And all of that is based on a story that was written, like I said, in 1887. It was written, like, as a serial, like, a bunch of stories that Francis Hodgson Burnett was writing. Yes. There are all kinds of stories, and one of them is this story called Sarah Crew, or What Happened at Miss Minchin's. Oh. And that came out in 1887. And then a bunch of people were writing to her, and they were like, hey, we want to know more about this whole thing. Who is this little girl? And and Miss Minchin, we want to know yeah. the rest of this story. Yeah. Please expand. So she said, okay. And she wrote a book called A Little Princess Being the Whole Story of Sarah Crew Now Being Told for the First Time. <laughs> which right. is... Love that. Very 1904, I think, is yes. when it came out. Love it. And in this story, it's a lot different. Okay. Because Sarah is at this boarding school. Her father is in the army in the british army and she mm-hmm. lives in india with him but he does not go off to war he just sends her to a british boarding school because the indian air is too hot for children or something like that and he's just like you have to go to school and it's like okay mm-hmm. so she goes there and he actually for real dies oh, of jungle fever oh he's just dead and they tell her that and again she doesn't have any money no one's paying her bill at this boarding school now she's forced into servitude she has to work there ah she befriends Ramdas. Ramdas is in every story, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. He keeps showing up. He's like the one consistent thing. Yeah. Ramdas and Sarah. Yes. 
But she befriends the servant girl, Becky, there, so I'm not sure why they took it out just for the Shirley Temple story, because she is a character in the original story. But Racism? Sarah, 1939? I guess. <laughs> Sarah, yeah, she befriends Becky, she befriends Ramdas. Ramdas sees that she's suffering, sends her blankets and dresses and things like that. This mention, again, is like, oh, you stole all these things, I'm kicking you out. Mm. Whatever. And Sarah runs away to Mr. Carrisford's house, who is who Ramdas works for. Oh, okay. And they find out that Mr. Carrisford was Captain Crew's partner in these diamond mines, and oh. they thought that they were a total flop, so they had just abandoned them, and then Captain Crew died. But then after he died, they were like, actually, these diamond mines are super profitable. Mm. And so Mr. Carrisford is trying to find Sarah Crew because he's like, well, I want to give, this is her inheritance. Oh, right. She deserves this money. It yeah. should have gone to her dad. So I want to find her. Yeah. He doesn't know that this child who's been hanging out in his house with his Indian servant is Sarah Crew until she offhandedly one day is like, I grew up in India. And he's like, no shit. Yeah. And then they find out that that's who that is. And so he's like, I have like so much money for you. And she's like, hey, Miss Minchin, suck it. (laughs) And so she leaves. She goes to live in Mr. Carrisford's house. Yeah. And she's like, Becky, why don't you come be my maid? And Becky's like, okay. And that's how that ends. (laughs) Oh. So it's a little bit like, ugh, you got all this money, you couldn't be like, why don't you just come be my friend and sister? No. No, you still have to work for me, but it's in much better conditions, Oof. and you'll be treated much nicer. So... Okay. I, of the three, having only actually ingested one of these medias... I'll go with the 1995 version. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. that one's the best one. Yeah, the original one. Still on the topic of colonialism. Yeah. Like, in a big way. Yeah. But yeah, like you mentioned, this lady, Frances Hodgson Burnett, also wrote The Secret Garden, which yeah. makes sense. Why they both make me cry so much. Yeah. And why I was getting them confused in my brain about. Yeah. <laughs> they have similar themes. Yeah, definitely. I, while we're on the topic of writing, just wanted to point out that the script for the movie was written by the same guy that wrote The Fisher King. Okay. And I don't know if anyone else out there has seen it, but I love that movie so much. I have not. It's starring um, Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. Mm. And it's just, it's kind of a similar, I don't know, like a downtrodden person. And then the other character is someone who was once not downtrodden and then becomes downtrodden Mm -hmm. and they become friends. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a similar uh, theme. And also uh, Elizabeth Chandler, who wrote the script for The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which I have not seen, but I know is a popular thing. I've Yeah, I've heard it's nice, and (laughs) Amber Tamblyn is in it, and I like her. I've heard it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, speaking of people who were attached to this project that were in other things, just a couple, like, Liesl Matthews, who played Sarah Crew, she really isn't in a whole lot of, she's in a couple other things, but then she just quit acting and went back to being the heiress of the Hyatt Hotel Fortune. Okay. So she just was like, I have a ton of money. Do you think she hangs out with Paris Hilton? The, no. The Hiltons and Hyatts? Actually, she married a man who, the two of them, started a foundation called the Blue Haven Foundation, and I was reading about it, mm. but it is clearly written by their PR person, and I was like, I don't understand what you actually do here. Oh. Uh, they Launder money? Do good hopefully good stuff for people in sub-saharan africa okay not Not sure exactly what so that's what she's she's no longer acting that's what she's off doing now taylor fry who played lavinia 
was her most notable thing. She was Lucy McLean in Die Hard in 1988. Oh. So that's, that's fun. fun. That is fun. Which made me look, I was like, how old is this girl? Because this movie came out in 95, and she was born in, if she was in a movie that came out in 88. Yeah. But she was born in 81, so she's okay. like 14 years old by the time this movie came out. Okay. Again, I don't know how long it took for them to make it, and how yeah. long she was when she was actually in it. But True. She's definitely on the older end of the spectrum of these girls that are at this school. Yeah. It's kind of fun. You can tell. Not not much, you know, a lot of other things that I was like, oh, I've never seen that. The guy who played Captain Crew, Liam Cunningham, was a fairly prominent character in Game of Thrones. He's in 42 episodes, so it's definitely not like a one-off. Yeah, after I read that, I was like, oh, because I've only seen the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, but yeah. I think his character makes it, starts showing up in season two, maybe. Yeah. So. I haven't seen any of it. But. Yeah. And this then, is not a Game of Thrones podcast. It certainly is not. Uh, Errol Sitahal, who played Ram Dass, was uh, Kumar's dad, and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh. And he's in Tommy Boy. Yay! There's our two degrees of separation from right, Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most fun one for me, because I was like, oh, she did look familiar, was Vanessa Chester, who played Becky, also plays Kelly, Ian Malcolm's daughter in The Lost World. Yeah. And I love that movie. Very cute. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. So speaking of Ramdas, yeah. When they said that that was his name, I was like, Ramdas is an actual person. Okay. But I was like, maybe, because Ramdas, the person who just died not that long ago, I think in 2019, um, was a white guy who like took the name Ramdas. So I was like, oh, maybe Ramdas is like a title. Okay. So I was like looking into it, um, because. The Ramdas I was thinking of was born Richard Alpert. Yeah. And then changed his name in 1967. His, this is not, this podcast is not about him. He, it is very interesting to look into his backstory, though. Everyone listening to this podcast has seen a Ramdas quote. He's, like, a very prominent okay. spiritual leader yeah. that everyone knows. Um, That's why I was like, why is this guy's name Ramdas? But he is an interesting person anyway, if you've never looked into him. He was, like, a professor... And then he did a whole bunch of LSD, and then he became, like, yes. a spiritual leader. This yeah, is definitely starting to sound more familiar. Right. So then I, I was looking into it a little bit. So it looks like Ram Dass has been a given name in the Sikh religion for a really long time. Uh-huh. I do think the fact that this Ram Dass taught devotional yoga focused on the Hindu deity Hanuman, which is the name of the monkey in the movie. Right. <laughs> makes me feel like this Ram Dass is a reference to the 1967 Ramdas, not the one from the 1500s. <laughs> well, except for that this character's name was Ramdas in every iteration of the story. Right, but I just mean so, in this movie because they named his monkey that. Named him Hanuman. I feel like, yeah, they were trying to nod to this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably. But I do think it's interesting because Ramdas means servant of God. Yeah. Is what it translates to. And the this movie is obviously focused on the idea of karma because there's so many scenes where he sees Sarah do something nice mm -hmm. and Sarah is rewarded. Yes. So, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that the character named Servant of God was the one to see Sarah doing nice things and he's the one that ended up fixing everything. Yep. There powerful magical stare. Right. There are some interviews with the director where he's like, I was going through a spiritual awakening at the time that I directed this movie and I think that it's very clear. <laughs> with the way the movie is made, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we could see that. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Picking up what you're putting down, Alfonso. Yeah. So, good movie. Well, fun. Yes, it was. I do wish, like I said, I wish there were almost a little bit more, like, overt, like, 
Magic. That guy has magic. Yeah. Lots of it. But it's fun either way. Yeah. I like the, you know, is it real? Is it mm-hmm. magical thinking? Is it, you yeah. know, I think that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. And it really could have gone another way, especially with the source material. Yeah. You know, like rich white girl, impoverished black girl, magical brown man. Yeah. But I think it was handled well. Well, I think because it's written and directed by... A magical brown man. A magical brown man, yes. <laughs> yes. If I were Alfonso Cuarón, I would put that on my business card. Yes, absolutely. Magical brown man. Oh, yeah. Well, we made it through the second... We made it. Second week of March Sadness. Yeah, we're doing great. It only gets worse from here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make it. So glad we did this to ourselves. Anyway, hopefully you liked that. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Go watch the movie. Go watch the movie. Even though it probably feels like you just did. We miss some stuff. There's so many things that you missed. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, if you need us, don't. <laughs> We're too busy crying. <laughs> now is not the time. But you can find us on Instagram or Tumblr at Replay Rewind Podcast. You can email us at Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. We finally have a Twitter. You can oh, yeah, we're... tweet at us at Replay Rewind Pod. I probably, Bucket Snake will never see that. Nope, that's fine. Meat Wedge can handle that. I'm on it. <laughs> you can listen to us on Stitcher or Google or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have Apple Podcasts, please like, subscribe, rate, whatever. Yeah, kind leave of us bullshit. a little review. That would be nice. And if you can't do that, or you don't want to do that, I mean, geez, sorry for putting you out. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. That helps also as well. If you have a podcast platform that you like, tell us about it, and we'll see about getting it on there. Yeah. For you. Yeah, we can do that. We'll sure. try. If you, if you have a preferred podcast platform, yeah, we'll, let we'll us know. get ourselves on there. It might be on there already, but if it's not, we'll try it. Yeah. In the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, rewind, rehydrate. (laughs) After all those tears you've cried, it'll be okay. Tear ducts ready. <laughs> Did you do your tear duct yoga this morning? <laughs> Downward sob. <laughs> Child's pose. Is that the one where you lay on your side in the fetal position and weep until you're in a puddle of your own tears? Yes. I did a lot of that, yes. Yeah, you draw a circle around yourself. I <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Dumb uh, bitch. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh my god. Just kidding. <laughs> 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.